Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Here we've got what? Maybe... 45 seconds left. Recorded? Ron Paul was recently quoted as saying Russia leaves Syria. When do we? Is the United States going to leave Syria anytime soon? Should we? Can we? Um, and you got 30 seconds. Well, I mean, it would have been easier if they'd never been there in the first place. Um, yeah. yeah. Uh, it's one of those things. Can you just leave? And I guess, yes, you can. Uh, what kind of mess is that going to leave behind? Well, should have thought of that before you started su- uh, supporting all the terrorists in Libya that uh, they also supported in Syria. So, um, yeah, it's a, me- a huge mess. Uh, there's no easy answer. And, uh, uh, yes, I mean, the U.S. should get out militarily and in terms of their support to the terrorists because they're only making it worse. Should have done the same thing in relation to Vietnam much earlier than we finally had our peace with honor, but uh, maybe maybe that's a lesson here. We have to let it go at that. James, thank you for being on the program. James Corbett from thecorbettreport.com. I'm Alfred Addis. This is Financial Survival. Be back tomorrow. In the meantime, the good Lord bless you, me, Melody, Frank, the producer, and James Corbett. Good night. Galaxy 19 at 97 degrees west, transponder 23, frequency 12115, audio PID 2595. AVR is heard on the left side audio channel, and AVR2 is heard on the right side audio channel. Remember, both AVR and AVR2 are on Galaxy 19. Same network, double the choices. make the aspirin mistake. Aspirin was discovered by mistake during World War II and suppresses your immune system and prevents blood clotting. Don't expose your body to risk when you can use a natural inflammation and pain reliever called Extra Strength Pain Relief by Apothecary Herbs. Discover the power this formula has with salicin to enter the system in 60 seconds to work hard and relieve pain for 12 hours. Whether it's arthritis, sports injury, or flu, You can relieve aches, pain, and swelling with our Extra Strength Pain Relief Formula. Call Apothecary Herbs now, toll-free, 866-229-3663. That's 866-229-3663. 
229-3663. International callers dial 704-875-8010 or order online at the 3w.thepowerherbs.com. Most people realize their body needs clean water to function properly. Pure is the cleanest water, also known as distilled water. Some frauds pushing fake science and ignorant people repeating their disinformation and half-truths will tell you distilled water leaches minerals from the body. What they fail to tell you is distilled water only attracts and flushes inorganic minerals from your body. These are minerals your body cannot process and can interfere with your proper body functions. Distilled water does flush these inorganic materials from your body and is an effective and natural way to cleanse your body. ABR sells a distiller that distills one gallon every three and a half hours. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com, click on the Superstore, go to the distiller, check the pricing and how to order, and watch the video explaining in detail why distilled water is pure water. Prices have increased over 40%. Energy prices have increased over 20%. Wheat and gas prices have increased over 70%. What's going to be next? Do you see these trends reversing or even stabilizing? All fiat currencies have always failed and collapsed their economies on their way down. The Roman Empire, China, France, Argentina, Finland, Mexico, Russia, Zimbabwe all tried fiat currency and all collapsed into chaos. Meanwhile, the dollar has lost over 97% of its gold value since 1971 when an ounce of gold was valued at $35. If your assets are in paper, you are in danger. Protect your assets with gold and silver. Visit discount gold and silver trading at dgscoins.com. That's dgscoins.com or call 1-800-375-4188. That's 800-375-4188. Protect yourself and your family. Studies have shown that the farm soil we get our vegetables from is dead, meaning it is depleted of minerals. Sulfur is a mineral. Sulfur has been depleted from the soil, which means most people have been depleted of sulfur. Sulfur has been found to transport oxygen throughout the body. You need oxygen. You need organic sulfur. American Voice Radio Network has organic sulfur. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com and then to the Superstore to order your organic sulfur. It's your choice. Do you want to feel better or not? Don't forget to tune in to the Sulfur Hour Plus One on AmericanVoiceRadio.com, Thursdays, 6 p.m. Pacific.
socialize with the other folks in there. I don't mean turn into communists or anything. I mean, you know, just uh, have conversations with other people. Uh, a Yahoo Instant Messenger. You can contact me there, and that means you can participate in the show, because I'll see it, and I'll uh, let everybody else know what you uh, sent me. That is, you know, unless it's just really, really nasty and uh, can't be said on the air, then I won't. But, I mean, generally speaking, I, uh, I'll let everybody know what your thoughts are. My screen name is AVRN Talk. All right, let's get started. It's, uh, yes, somebody in the chat room says, yes, you can go to the chat room and just lurk, like so many people do. Uh, we have, uh, lurking is when you're in the chat room, but you're not saying anything. So, anywho, let's get started with things and stuff, eh? Okay, well, th now... <laughs> This guy, Speaker of the House, Paul Ryan, is really a piece of work, man. You people in Wisconsin need to, <laughs> you know, forget about being president, Pally. You're, you're, you're fired. You know, this is a guy who ran on the ticket and lost miserably, embarrassingly. And, and now Senator Pro, uh, Paul Ryan could be in a prime position to run for president. Oh, in 2020, <laughs> if Donald Trump leads the GOP to a monumental collapse in November, you know what? This is this is just more propaganda from the mainstream. Because if anything, the only one who is going to lead the Republican Party into collapse is the establishment of the Republican Party. I mean, honestly, folks, look what's going on. <clears throat> and this is not a support of Trump or any kind of criticism. It's just a fact. Since Donald Trump entered the race, more Republicans, actually more Democrats also, are interested in the Republican primaries. More people are interested in seeing the Republican debates. More people are hitting the polls than ever in my lifetime. For a Republican. I mean, you know, the Democrats can barely get people out of their house to go vote, and the Republicans are swarming to the polls. Why? You think it's because of Ted Cruz or little Marco or Jeb, what was his name? You know, I mean, really, do you think so? Do you think they got that excited over Mitt Romney? No. So, if what do they talk about collapse? What do they mean, collapse? You have to understand, when these people talk, they are only talking about their own self-interests. Just like when they tell you, oh, well, what's good for the United States, and da 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 we got to have free trade, and we got to let in uh, refugees, and we got to keep the borders open, let's go for the United States. No, you know what? When they say United States, they're thinking of themselves. What's good for them? What's good for the corporations? What's good for business? Now, they've had shows from long ago, like Rollerball. Now, a lot of folks think, well, Rollerball, yeah, that was just about some violent, futuristic sport, you know. 
yes, that was the vehicle. But why were they playing this futuristic, brutal sport? Because the corporations ran the world. And this was their device to keep the little peoples all happy. Kind of like the NFL is now. The NBA is now. Folks, and who are they keeping happy? Are you going to go out and riot if there's no NBA games on? Are you going to go out and riot if they cancel the NFL season? No, you're probably not. But I'll tell you what. Millions of blacks in the ghettos will. One reason, they'd be, they're bored. They'd have nothing else to do, nothing to occupy their tiny little pea brain minds. Okay, and it doesn't take much. Oh, yo, good tackle. <laughs> good tackle, yay. You know, wow, look at that shot. And then they can sit in, in, in their dream world, believe that that's them. Ooh, yeah, I could do that. If the man wasn't keeping me down, I could do that. Uh-huh. It's there to... It, 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 well, hey, NASCAR. Listen, white redneck. Hey, same thing goes for you. What if they shut down NASCAR tomorrow said, you know what? We're not doing this anymore. It's all just to keep us occupied. What would you do on Sundays if it wasn't for football? Well, you'd do something, wouldn't you? No, I'd just kill myself. That's it. If there's no NFL football, what's the point of living? How many of you are actually like that? Not that many. Most people would say, oh, that's a drag. Well, I guess I'll need to find something else to do. And what if there was no other mindless sport on TV? Well, gosh, you might actually do something. It's there. It's it's not there to entertain you. It's there to occupy you. That's not a good thing. Hey, let's look at what happens when somebody is some place is occupied. You think I rock? is enjoying the U.S. occupation. They're enjoying the U.S. occupation less than I am. And I'm not enjoying it a whole lot either. And you shouldn't be either. But then again, most of you don't even realize that you are occupied. But then again, a lot of the listeners of this network do. Are you telling your neighbors? you telling your friends? you telling your family? Oh, well, I told them, and they'd say I'm crazy. Well, tell them again. Hey, who cares? They already think you're crazy. You think just because you said it once and they said you're crazy, they forgot about that? Just because they don't tell you you're a lunatic every time they see you doesn't mean they don't think that. Because they do. But you're family, and they got to be nice to you, they figure. Okay? So it really doesn't matter. You may as well tell them and bring facts with you. Where's your facts? Okay, fine. Let's just say I'm crazy. Okay, fine. I'm a lunatic. I'm crazy. But 
you know, I have a question. Where are your facts? Where is your evidence? I have a pile of evidence right here. I have U.N. documents. I have United States government documents. I have statistics. I have historical facts. Where, where is your evidence? Oh, well, everything's really, really okay because, you know, uh, well, golly, the unemployment rate is, is really low. Oh, is it? Well, I wish I could find this here. I just had it uh, a second ago. I'll find it here. I've got so many things open. <laughs> it's uh, It just ain't right. Yeah, I have far too many things open, but... Uh, uh, wow. Here's a little statistic. Immigrant population over 15% in 16 states. Ooh, man. Wow. Uh, where is this? Oh, I know. Here it is. Just, uh, hang on here a second, folks. Here we go. Yeah, your friends and family might tell you what you you know the unemployment rate's only four percent or three percent or whatever the lie is they're telling us, and it's like, oh yeah, okay, we well, look, 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 see everything's great, the stock market's up, unemployment's away, not that high, really. Well, yes, the official unemployment rate—that's what they call that number—is only three or four, or one, or maybe it's zero. Maybe everybody's working. It doesn't matter what they say because they lie. How they figure that number is the same way they figure the Dow Jones Industrial Average. It's the 30 top corporations, okay? And, oh, guess what? If you're, you drop out, you underproduce, you don't make it into the top 30, guess what? You're not in the top 30 anymore. You're not counted in the Dow. They put somebody who produced better than you. Do you see how that skews the numbers? Now, if you picked, all right, we're going to pick 30 of the top corporations in 1955. All right? And, uh, you know, and that's going to be the it. Then we'd have a gauge. Well, how how did our how have our corporations done? How are they doing? You know, we have this list from 1955. These were the top 30 then. Uh, how are they doing now? Well, folks, I got bad news for you because if they did numbers that way, the Dow Jones would be looking sad. Everybody'd be living in a cardboard box. Okay. So they don't. They just keep throwing out low producers and putting in more money-making companies. Look, the Dow's up. Yay! Unemployment? Hey, well, okay, after your unemployment runs out, you no longer get counted. If you never filed, you you don't get counted. Hey, but guess what? If you, one man, one woman, have three jobs, hey, guess what? You're three people unemployed now. Isn't that great? What did Obamacare do? It caused companies to put everybody on part-time. That means, well, now i got to go get another job. 
because I have a part-time job now, but I'll go get another part-time job, and that'll equal one full-time low-paying minimum wage job. Woohoo! I'm living the good life. Yeah, and you're two people employed. Do you see? Ronald Reagan, you know what? Ronald Reagan was probably, his administration was probably the most lyingest, criminal administration, well, since this one. And I mean that. Hey, don't, don't, don't forget about all the criminality that the Reagan administration committed. Iran-Contra, lying to Congress, yada, yada, yada. But Mr. Teflon, insulated from everything, wobble-headed liar, you know, he got away with it all, just like Obama did. Obama and Reagan have a lot in common, actually. Very much in common. The only thing different between Obama and Reagan is their rhetoric. Reagan gave a much better speech. And it was everything everybody wanted to hear. But what he was doing behind the scenes is completely different than his speeches. Just like Obama. Well, except, actually, Obama does more of what he says he's going to do than Reagan did. Reagan, by the way, what I'm, why I brought up Reagan again, it's because, you see, Reagan, most of you out there are just living in the Reagan fantasy land of propaganda and PR, okay? Oh, Reagan was great. Reagan was a conservator. Reagan wasn't either. He wasn't a conservative, and he wasn't a good president. He wasn't even president at all. All he was was the president's spokesman. George Bush was the president. But the thing is, one thing the Reagan administration did do, unemployment was high. Well, we got to do something about that. So what are we going to do? Oh, I know what we'll do. We'll count the military as employed. See, the military was always just a zero, a zero gain. Okay? They were not considered employed. They were in service, armed service, of the United States government. They were not considered employed. Reagan changed that. And poof, overnight. The unemployment rate went way down, and everybody, oh, isn't Reagan great? He saved the economy. What a genius. What? A, oh, my gosh, he's the best thing ever. All he did was monkey the numbers a little bit, and everybody bought it. But the sad thing in America, our economy is based on confidence. So everybody's confidence was ri- risen. And it's like, oh, yay. So they started spending more money. They started investing more, which, of course, put more money in the economy. But it was based on a lie. It was based on smoke and mirrors. Here's a real number. 23% of Americans in their prime working years are unemployed. You think 23% are just independently wealthy and did so well in the stock market that they're retired now and that's why they're not working? I don't think so. Yep. Did you know when you take the number of working age Americans that are officially unemployed, 8.2 million, 
and add that number to the number of working-age Americans that are considered to be not in the labor force, which is 94.3 million, that gives us a grand total of 102.5 million working-age Americans that do not have a job right now. Yeah. When you look at only Americans that are in the ages of 25 to 54, okay, this isn't even 18. Okay, we're, these guys are giving you a few years in college and a couple of years to find a job. They're not even counting you until you're 25 years old. And they're not counting you all the way to 62 or 64 when you can finally get, you know, your pittance from Social Security, if it's still there. 54. Hell, I'm, I could re- I'm not even considered in the workforce anymore. 25 to 54. 23.2% of them are unemployed right now. So how do you how do you get 4% from that, huh? I'll tell you how. You lie. You lie. And there are there's the universities are loaded with kids being taught how to lie. It's called marketing. It's called advertising. It's called public relations. It's all lies. They're being taught to lie, to spin the truth. When you spin the truth into something that is different from the reality of the truth, it's a lie. And they're giving out degrees in it. Somebody in the chat room says the true unemployment is about 10%. That's not true at all. You know, you're living in a fantasy land, and you are completely just buying into their lies, okay? The true unemployment rate, and, and, and hey, only if you're going to count 25 to 54 is 23%. But let's add the 18-year-olds, because you know what? When I was a kid, uh, you better start working when you're 18 years old, because mom and dad are kicking you out of the house and saying, listen, son, time to go get a job, time to go get a, your own life. Time to get the hell out of here because we spent 18 years raising you. See you at Christmas. Good luck. But the person in the chat room brings up something else that is rarely addressed. What about the underemployed? That's on top of the just not in the workforce. Okay? That's 23% are just not in the workforce. Then you've got what they call the underemployed. These are people that have gone to college. They do have a degree. They expected to get a certain level of job. Well, it ain't there. Or it's been taken by some Indian or some Mexican or some Chinese guy from somewhere else, wherever. So you can't get that good job. But you got to have something, so you go work at Walmart or you go uh, work for some, uh, you know, a house painter, a roofer. You do something, right? You do something below the pay grade you have been trained for. That's what underemployed is. What do you think that number is? I have no idea. The person in the, in the room says underemployed is about 25%. But he lowballed the unemployment from 23 to 10. So if that's the way, uh, you know, that he looks at things, then I'm figuring probably uh, underemployed is about 
point is we got real bad problems in this country, folks, real bad problems. Here's something from the country that everything is for the children. Remember, we got to have total surveillance because of the children. We have to have cops at the doors, at the schools, because of the children. It's all for the children because we love the children so much. Yeah, sure we do. Parents in America can't ship their children off to somebody else fast enough. Get them to preschool. Come on. Get them in that school when they're three years old. Daycare when they're one. Come on, man. I'm busy. I got to make that money. Because you know what? The welfare mom ain't got their kid in daycare. I don't think. Maybe they do. Maybe they pay for that, too. I mean, it being in the government interest to get every kid in daycare so they can be brainwashed as soon as possible. Because, you know, the sooner you brainwash kids, the better it takes. Anyway, here's a word. Agoraphobia in modern-day America could be considered more of a natural reaction than it is a disorder, as a recent egg hunt in Connecticut illustrates. For the third year in a row, and Connecticut, you know, gee, more than any other state, loves the children. It's all for the children. You know, that's where Sandy Hook happened, and it's for the children. You can't investigate. You can't ask any questions. You can't ask for any evidence, because it's, it's, it's disrespectful to the children's memory, even. Yeah, right. So in Connecticut, for the third year in a row, the Pez Candy Visitor Center in Orange hosted its Easter egg hunt. The event was structured in a way to allow children grouped into three different age groups to pick up 9,000 eggs scattered around the area. There were more than enough eggs for everyone. Instead of allowing the four-year-olds to go first, however, parents apparently so infatuated with the idea of crappy free candy bum-rushed the fields, greedily taking the eggs for themselves. Children and Easter be damned. Unfortunately, people chose to enter the first field prior to anyone from Pez staff starting the activity. The crowd moved to the second field, waiting for only a couple of minutes and proceeded to rush the field without being directed to do so and before the posted start time. Pez officials said in a statement on Saturday, Pez officials described the chaos saying parents immediately moved to the third field, took over, and removed everything well before the activity was even to start. So we started talking to people and say, hey, this is supposed to be to start at a certain time, Pez general manager Sean Peterson said. Well, that lasted about a minute, and everyone just rushed the field and took everything. Boy, aren't these sweet parents? Wow, the children are learning such wonderful lessons from their parents, aren't they? West Haven resident Nicole Welch told Eyewitness News that children were trampled. Parents knocked over children and eggs were stolen out of people's basket. Peterson said the crowd was kind of like locusts. I'm not going to take my kids where they don't consider the safety of my kids in any way, shape, or form. Oh, she's blaming Pez. It's somebody else's fault. It's not my greedy bastard neighbors. Oh, no. 
No, no, it's not them. It's Pez. They should have had armed guards. They should have shot these people to keep my kids safe. What a moron. The mob mentality of the crowd is what we often see on Black Friday as people lay waste to each other so they can get an, you know, deal on a rice cooker. This time, it's a plastic egg with Pez in it. Woohoo! When my son left, he had a broken basket and he was hysterically crying. Oh, what was he, 15? We made efforts to get everyone something before they left and passed out tons of candy and coupons. You know, this is just sick, okay? But this is America, folks. These are your neighbors, okay? These are your neighbors. This is what makes up America. Do you still think America can be taken back, really? <laughs> no, they don't want America back. Okay, they don't want. They're going to do everything they can because, folks, this this thing, this election, is not about communists or fascists or uh, conservatives or liberals or yada, 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 used car salesmen or politicians. What it's really about is globalism versus nationalism. And that is why Donald Trump has been so popular with the people because he's the only one and I wouldn't necessarily call him an absolute nationalist either, but he's the closest thing we've seen, uh, well, in my lifetime. So uh, the American people are responding to that. Does that mean the American people would like to get back to, you know what, let's get an American first American government. That doesn't mean start bombing and raining. Oh, we're already doing that. Well, hey, what the heck then? See, now we run around going, oh, we love everybody. We want to be one big happy world. And that's why we have to rain cruise missiles down on your families. We could just as well do that. Well, listen, we're America. You pissed us off, and uh, we don't really care about you. And that's why we're raining cruise missiles down on your families. Does it really matter why we're raining missiles down on people's families all around the world? I don't think it really matters to them. So why don't we just start doing America first? That's what it's about. And that's why people are actually interested in this election. We're going to take a break. We'll be back in a bit.
body needs clean water to function properly. Pure is the cleanest water, also known as distilled water. Some frauds pushing fake science and ignorant people repeating their disinformation and half-truths will tell you distilled water leaches minerals from the body. What they fail to tell you is distilled water only attracts and flushes inorganic minerals from your body. These are minerals your body cannot process and can interfere with your proper body functions. Distilled water does flush these inorganic materials from your body and is an effective and natural way to cleanse your body. ABR sells a distiller that distills one gallon every three and a half hours. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com, click on the Superstore, go to the distiller, check the pricing and how to order, and watch the video explaining in detail why distilled water is pure water. Countries have denied Internet access for their people during civil strife. The FCC seized in-use commercial shortwave frequencies right after the September 11th attacks. No one communication system can be depended on to be there when you need information. You need choices. You need a KU band free-to-air satellite system from AVR. The AVR system includes a receiver, an LNB, and a 75-centimeter dish. All you need to get on your own is the coaxial cable. The system is delivered to your door for $149. $149.99. That's right, delivered for $149.99. That's the shipping and the system, $149.99. Call 541-225-4659. That's 541-225-4659. Or visit AmericanVoiceRadio.com and click Satellite System.
Winter was over. Ha! That was Johnny Winter. And uh, before that was the Grateful Dead doing uh, Hard to Handle. This is the Frank Report. I'm your host, Francis Steffen. You're listening right here on American Voice Radio Network. It's Monday, March 28th, still 2016. About 1245 out here on the Pacific Time Coast. All right. 800-932-1980. Call in number theamericanvoice.com or americanvoiceradio.com. That's the website, and that's where you'll find the chat room. You can uh, chat with other folks. You can ask questions, make comments. You can also contact me through Yahoo Instant Messenger. AVRN Talk is my screen name. All right, let's get back to some... uh, more news. Yeah, that news was about parents, uh, you know, basically steamrolling kids to go out there and uh, get some stinking plastic eggs full of little Pez candies. And, uh, you know, I, I mean, it's disgusting. It's it's insane. These parents should be all put in prison. You know, I mean, honestly, it, it, you know, and you might say, yeah, but then the poor little darlings would be raised by the state. You know what? So what? Is that going to be worse than what we're seeing? Is that going to be worse than what I just read you? I don't think so. Maybe. But half these kids are probably on Ridlin and every other Prozac thing that they can find anyway, because Mommy and Daddy think that's a good thing. Anyway, let's, let's, let's get to some other news. Now, you know, I mentioned 
globalism versus nationalism. And I don't consider, you know, Trump some sort of super nationalist or something. I really don't. But, hey, he's the closest thing to a nationalist I've seen in politics in my lifetime. Now, I wasn't around for Barry Goldwater. Okay, that was before my time. I was maybe a baby when that was happening. I guess that counts as my lifetime, but my adult lifetime, my cognitive lifetime, I don't remember Barry Goldwater. Uh, you know, but we didn't we I haven't I haven't seen any nationalistic sort of politicians in my whole adult life. But here's a headline. Donald Trump disavows NATO and the UN all in one day. Okay, you know what? If that's true, I don't care what else he says. Okay? I don't care what else he says. And a lot of people out there will say, well, you know, Donald Trump has said that, yes, he would, you know, defund abortions from Planned Parenthood. But the fact of the matter is that they provide health other health services to women all around the country that, you know, he said he thinks helps them. I, you know, if it's allopathic medicine, I don't think it's helping anybody, but most of America's brainwashing and thinking it does anyway. So it's not just Donald Trump. But the fact is, yes, that's a horrible thing. Yes, you know, abortion is a, is a terrible thing. But you know what? I, and I know you can disagree with me on this, but we got bigger fish to fry. We got bigger problems, folks. We are about to get absorbed. Okay, you, you want bigger problems? The United States of America is about to be absorbed into some global monstrosity. Okay? Your lives, as you know it, are going to go away. We can't, yeah, what do you think is going to happen? What are your chances? Okay, look, I want to build a house. So, what do we do in America? Well, we, we sit and dream about building our dream house, and we never go out and buy any wood. Folks, you got to go out and buy the materials before you can build a house. You want to stop abortion? you got to get control of your government first. And going globalist is not the way, because then once the globalists have control through the U.N., which a lot of people would argue they already do, it's over. You'll never, ever stop abortion. You'll never even cut it down. As a matter of fact, they'll start doing forced abortions, mandatory abortions. I'm sorry, you didn't get your license to have a kid. You're going to have to have that, uh, an abortion, whether you want to or not. We'll strap you down and do it. That's what's coming with globalism. So if you want to build that house, you better go build by the wood first, which means you got to get your country back, which means nationalism. You better start leaning towards nationalism. You want to stop abortion? You think there's some magic wand that somebody's going to get up there and wave and abortion will be all over with? You're dreaming. You're delusional. It isn't going to happen. You got to do the work, man, to get the to get the gains from it. Good things don't just happen. You got to make them happen. You got to work for them. You got to put in the time and the effort. Or you get nothing. This idea about we want what we want, when we want it, now, now, now. You know what? That's coming to an end. And most of the people that feel that way are all going to be dead here soon. Anyway, 
Trump issued two explicit warnings on Monday regarding two of the most obscure and out-of-control organizations on the planet, NATO and the United Nations. On the UN, Trump clearly pointed out its weaknesses and its irrelevance, as well as its complicity in many of the disastrous foreign policy decisions adopted by the international community. Meanwhile, on NATO, Trump correctly pointed out its irrelevance while recognizing that the time for the U.S. to be the policeman of the world via NATO should be over rather soon. Wow, got any problems with that, anybody? That sounds like a good idea to me. But, hey, why should we? We've got such a big, powerful, bad military. Really? How about this? Disordering U.S. Army goes off the scale. In case of a conflict situation, the American military may react in not an appropriate way and carry out hasty actions just because some of its soldiers on alert may be drugged. Victoria Legranovo, specialist on international security, assumed while talking with uh, with Pravda. The case is about recent scandal when Warren Air Force Base servicemen located in Cheyenne, Wyoming, you know where that is, right? Cheyenne Mountain, NORAD, yeah, yeah, the big the big national defense security air system that allowed <laughs> that allowed uh commercial jetliners to supposedly take down two huge buildings in New York and fly into the Pentagon. The Pentagon, the Pentagon, the head of the U.S. military. <laughs> yeah, boy, sure glad we spent all that money on that, huh? That really worked good, huh? Oh, well, yeah, but it wasn't designed to stop commercial jets. Oh, no, so you can't stop a, what, a jet flying at, what, five, 600 miles an hour? But you think you're going to stop an intercontinental supersonic ballistic missile? <laughs> Feeling confident, are you? Anyway, these people in Cheyenne were accused of drug possession and abuse. 150 nuclear missiles are stored in the base, and over 1,000 people service them. Anyway, this uh, person here admitted that disorder is quite high in the American Army. According to her, many bases that are situated abroad, including the Central Asian, Middle Eastern, and Europe, de facto are not secured from from either air attacks or terrorist penetration. Territories of these bases are quite large, and the perimeter is badly controlled. The servicemen are relaxed. Three meals a day. The expert counted up the reasons. The military men are distracted as they watch films, have a rest, eat steamed scallops, five salads a day, and so on. It's not bad, but combat readiness of these armies raises doubts. General order is also alarming. She evidenced that officers often have real mess. Equipment are kept... What? Okay, I'm going to read this the way it's written. Legranova evidenced that officers often have real mass, mess, uh, comma, equipments are kept duly. 
whatever the heck that means. Besides that, it should be taken into account that tactical nuclear weapons may easily be taken out of the territory under such circumstances that they may strike anywhere, even in the center of New York. You know, so we'd have... I, I Can you blame the military for being a little, uh, you know, ah, jeez, low morale? I mean, look at the commander-in-chief. He hates the United States, he hates the American people, he hates Christians, and he hates the military just as much as the Clintons did. And that's another thing about Hillary Clinton. You let Hillary Clinton in that White House and she will finish off what Bill Clinton started in destroying the military. Hey, reporters find evidence proving Turkey's cooperation with the Islamic State. Oh, hey, guess what? Newsflash, Turkey's part of NATO. Yeah. Turkey's part of NATO. Donald Trump wants the U.S. out of NATO. You know what? I like that. All right. Well, I'll get to this tonight, which is the... uh, What is this, anyway? Banker truths. Four banker truths. I like lists. We'll get to that tonight, though. The plan to cover up the economic collapse that is underway has been put into overdrive. Yep. That's a headline, and I'll just leave it at that, because you know what? The details of it, you already know, don't you? How the DNC rigged Arizona for Hillary. Oh, man. You know what? Long lines of voter suppression. This is a detailed story about what happened in Arizona in the Democratic primaries, and it's disgusting. But you know what else is disgusting? Here's what's disgusting is I I was looking over the results of the primaries, and Bernie Sanders, for instance, let's look at Minnesota just because I don't have a lot of time. We could go through all of them. But this is the way it's gone throughout the whole thing. Bernie Sanders won Minnesota. He didn't just win Minnesota. He crushed Hillary Clinton. 61.5% to 38%. Okay? You're crushed, man. That's a landslide in politics. So, let's go to the delegate count from Minnesota. Bernie Sanders got 47 And Hillary Clinton got 40. Yeah. But in states where Hillary Clinton won, it doesn't work that way. For instance, Missouri, Hillary Clinton got 49.6%. Bernie Sanders got 49.4%. Now realize that's only a 0.2% difference. Hillary Clinton got 46 delegates, and Bernie Sanders got 34. Folks, that's a bigger difference than a a trouncing that he put on her. This isn't fair. This is a a rigged deal, man. The Democrats should be, you know, just embarrassed by this. Plus, this weekend, you you all might not know, Bernie Sanders swept the three states that were uh, having primaries. Swept them. Hillary lost every one of them. But it doesn't matter because she's, you know, she has 1,712 delegates. He has 1,004. Of course, she has 469 super delegates. He has 29. Gee, 
How'd that happen? But in the pledge delegates, which means the ones that they actually got through voting, Clinton got 1,243, Sanders has 975. Boy, that's a lot closer, isn't it? Yeah. The Democratic Party is, is disgusting. I mean, it really is. I mean, they can say what they want about the Republican Party because it ain't all that great either. But it ain't nothing. The Democratic Party is owned lock, stock, and barrel by Hillary Clinton. And I'm not just saying that. That's just not hyperbole and going, oh, boy, that's just slamming Hillary Clinton again because I don't like her and I don't like her. But the thing is, it's the absolute truth. The Democratic National Committee is broke. It's been broke. How come they still operate? Because Hillary Clinton has transferred her campaign money to, not all of it, obviously, but a bunch, a big pile, over to the DNC so they could operate in that suite. Uh, But don't worry. It's just like all the bribes that the Congress gets. Oh, that doesn't influence the way they think, the way they vote. Of course not. Somebody gives you a million dollars, you'll do nothing for them, right? Is that how it works, folks? Apparently, that's how they want you to believe, because they're just so upright and honest that they would never do that. Anyway, I'm done for right now. I'll be back again tonight. we got a full day coming up, and financial survival's next, so stay tuned. Thanks for listening. A 47 Ford bullet holes in the door broke down motor in the front yard. I gotta have a mind to paint a plywood sign and nail it up on a knotted pine tree. Saying I was here first, this is my piece of dirt and your rambling don't ride me. American Voice Radio Network is heard on Galaxy 19 at 97 degrees west, transponder 23, frequency 12115, audio PID 2595. AVR is heard on the left side audio channel, and AVR2 is heard on the right side audio channel. Remember, both AVR and AVR2 are on Galaxy 19. Same network, double the choices. Prices have increased over 40%. Energy prices have increased over 20%. Wheat and gas prices have increased over 70%. What's going to be next? Do you see these trends reversing or even stabilizing? All fiat currencies have always failed and collapsed their economies on their way down. The Roman Empire, China, France, Argentina, Finland, Mexico, Russia, Zimbabwe all tried fiat currency and all collapsed into chaos. Meanwhile, the dollar has lost over 97% of its gold value since 1971, when an ounce of gold was valued at $35. If your assets are in paper, you are in danger. Protect your assets with gold and silver. Visit Discount Gold and Silver Trading at DGSCoins.com. That's DGSCoins.com or call 1-800-375-4188. That's 800-375-4188. Protect yourself and your family. obligations or relationship problems have you feeling stressed out when life is too much to handle use apothecary herbs emotional stress formula feel calm and more in control with herbs especially combined to provide the organic nutrition your system needs to help you cope 
complete instructions for maximum benefit, and a money-back guarantee. You've waited long enough. Call Apothecary Herbs now. Toll-free, 866-229-3663. That's 866-229-3663. International callers dial 704-875-8010 or order online at the 3 wsthepowerherbscom gentlemen, I'm Melody Cedarstrom, and you're listening to Financial Survival. I'm here with my co-host, Alfred Addis, to bring you our opinion and commentary on today's economic and political events for Monday, March 28, 2016. Thank you for the program. We had a little bit of a computer snafu there. Not sure what's going on there, but we're all fine and dandy now, are we not, Al? Good afternoon. I don't, I don't know if we're necessarily fine and dandy. We, we are improved from a couple of moments ago, and we'll see if it holds together. All right. So it's part of the mystery, part of the mystery and the suspense of the program, Melody. Will we or will we not hold it hold it together? Well. We got an hour, so let's get started and let's just see what happens. We have gold today up 320, 320 on gold at 1220. A little pressure earlier on in the day, but it reversed itself. Silver was uh, pretty much unchanged today at 1531. Platinum was down 3 at 948, and palladium was down 7 at $571. The USDX today. Uh, was down 0.32 at 95.95. Crude oil was down 0.10 at 39.36. And the markets today, I'm just going to, let me see what I can do here. The Dow was up. The Dow was up 19 points. 17,535. The NASDAQ was down six at 4,766. The S&P barely unchanged, 2,037. Um, 10-year yield today, uh, 1.88, and the euro at 111, almost 112. And that's a wrap, Al. That's a wrap? For the, mean, no, for the market updates. I thought we were done for the day. I thought I was, I thought we were 
program had concluded and it was time for me to move on. So I guess we have another 55 minutes to go, so we'll have to talk about something like the gloomy profit narrative underlying the economy and markets just isn't getting better. That's a headline from Yahoo Finance. It says the long-term outlook for corporate earnings growth seems to be deteriorating. This is all bad news considering that earnings are the most important drivers of stock prices. So what they're saying here, corporate earnings, uh, their, their growth is deteriorating, and therefore this is going to contribute to a possible decline in the prices of stocks. The article continues. It says, last Friday, the Bureau of Economic Analysis released data showing that corporate profits had plunged 11.5% year over year during the fourth quarter of 2015. All right, corporate profits down almost 12% year to year. Uh, that's That's... You know, that's a significant decline. That's not just quibbling about whether it was up or down a percent or two percent or whatever. The article goes on and says much of the drop can be blamed on low prices in the energy sector. And we're talking about oil, of course, and the strong dollar on the export-driven manufacturing sector. All right, we're talking about inflation. And bear in mind, we're talking about the fourth quarter of last year. We are now near the end, right at the end of the first quarter of 2016. Uh, this is the last quarter of last year. The link between profit margins and recession is strong. The current deterioration in profit margins has historically been an indicator of impending economic recession. All right. Typically, when we see corporate earnings declining significantly, it marks the onset of an economic recession. I would argue, and I would probably be mistaken, but I would argue we haven't been out of a recession since 2008. I know the government says... 2001. Yeah. All right, 2001. Um, government says otherwise, and they are technically probably correct, but it still feels like the recession, you know. We may not be in a recession, but we certainly haven't been in anything that's a measurable recovery. And this has been less than a good time since 2008. Uh, markets, uh, not just markets, I mean, just the economy in general. It's not bad, not terrible, um, but it hasn't, you know, it hasn't been everything you could hope for. I wouldn't say we've been in a recovery. They wouldn't say we've been in a recession, but this article says, we might be on the verge of another recession. So I don't know. Fill in the blank. You know, are we going into a recession or are we just going to keep the one we've got, Melody? Well, I think the recessions change. And I mean, and it's true. Frank wrote 1977 for the last recession. And, and since we, you know, since they did close the gold window and since we've had um, all this amount of debt created, and, and you can begin with 1987 since uh, Reagan did the. Uh, um, you know, the, the so-called uh, plunge protection team, uh, the working group of financial markets, they've, every recession we've had, we've only created bubbles to um, camouflage the recession that we're in. And we're the in a Lawrence Welk economy, Melody. Yeah. The, 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 well, Somebody it's, it's, turn no. off the bubble machine. So you, you, the, the, the recessions have never gone away. The bubbles have to be created by a larger one. And this is, you know, you can watch the, from, 
you know, 1987, um, the various bubbles and, and how they burst. And we're at another bubble that is ready to burst. And uh, so this one will be the mother of all bubbles and the mother of all bursts. And, uh, you know, perhaps we might get to a point where um, we can actually, well, they will have to address it to where um, perhaps we can actually, you know, if the system collapses, they will be forced into creating a different uh, system. But, you know, when you talk about corporate profits, and you have to remember, too, the, these corporations, uh, the strong dollar has really hit them hard in their, their profit area. Not only that, they if borrow they're money. Export. If they're an expert. Well, these multinational, you know, a lot of them are. But still, you have their borrowing money to buy their shares to keep the numbers high. And even Caterpillar came out a couple of weeks ago, and they're, they're telling the, the analysts, hey, you know, lower your expectations because we're not going to be able to match, beat the numbers that you're giving us. And that's all, it's, you know, it's really such a joke. There isn't any truth. There isn't any reality. Um, you know, these analysts and markets uh, on Wall Street will, will give a number. The companies will try to beat or match, and everyone's happy. It's kind of like a game show. It is. That number. Number. Uh, yeah. And they will set up a number, and then if you can beat the number, you will get a, well, I don't know, your stock value will go up. But if you fail to beat the number, your stock number will go down. Part of what we're talking about is we have a stock market that is not simply based on what is, but it's also based on what is expected an analyst expect a particular stock, it's going to go up 2.5%. Okay, if it goes up 2.5%, everybody's happy. If it doesn't go up 2.5%, the stock price of the stock goes down. If it does more than 2.5%, the stock goes up even more. Um, I don't know that the market should be predicting. I guess it has to. But... It seems it would be easier if the markets just re reacted to what is, not what is expected to be. And, of course, that's, a, that's an unreasonable expectation on my part. So I guess we just have to my, – my expectations are probably unreasonable, and the market's expectations are amusing. And it would be better if they were if, – if mine were more amusing and theirs were more irrational. It would make better sense, perhaps, but – um, they, at the end of this article, one of the uh, people talked to is they estimate there's a 26% probability that the U.S. economy goes into a, to a recession within 12 months. Well, 26 doesn't impress. 26%, no, nothing to sneeze at. But if that's the only, if all we're looking at is a chance in school over the course of the next 12 months that there's going to be a recession. I don't think that's a surprise. I don't think that's, uh, by itself, I don't think it's cause for any more pessimism than we had last month or the month before, or whatever. Uh, it looks like we're just going to limp along here for a while. The earnings you're well, seeing here are benefiting, from, and it says in the article, the earnings you are seeing are benefiting from unusually favorable accounting adjustments. That's cooking the books. Exactly. You know, we should do. We should. We should have a. We should have a book of our own. How to cook 
the books, all right, little recipes for dealing with, I don't know, accounting for corporations and for governments and how to make a, how to you take know, a bad set of numbers and make them far more palatable. You know, you know, we, we, you know, sometimes we make a little light of this as far as what the, you know, what the, you know, what really builds Wall Street. What is Wall Street? What are these corporations and their money and, and their profits and so forth? But there's a lot of people in there that have a lot of money in their pension plans, their retirement plans that feel they 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 don't have options and it's not only that they don't feel they have options it's they have financial planners that are not giving them options uh what they can do to protect their money and folks for those of you that fit into that category you do have an option you control your money you can tell them to do what you want them to do when it comes to your finances and get it protected pull it out of the paper, and we're not financial planners. I have to make that statement. These are our opinions, but based on everything that I've done for years and years and years and years, it's you have to insure your paper investments because what is Wall Street going to give you? People have been in there, been fortunate. They've been lucky. And, uh, I mean, the, the, and it can't continue. I mean, you, we, you know, we're going to talk about civil unrest. We're going to, we look at these elections. We see what's happening. And, um, you know, the, it seems like the markets just are able to regain their losses and people become comfortable Complacent. With, with Wall Street, knowing that Wall Street and government are working together. Because to fix the books. To, to fix, fix the, the books. books and to maintain an illusion of prosperity. And as long as they are successful in maintaining that illusion, everybody's pretty much happy, complacent, and optimistic about the future. We're sitting here, and we're looking at what we perceive to be, I don't know, objective reality. We make mistakes, I'm sure, but we, we are looking at what we think is objective reality. We're trying to, we're looking at fundamentals, and we're saying, look, this thing is not going to float all the way to New York. Understand, it has a hole in the bow from hitting an iceberg. And I agree that there's still time to catch a couple of fast, uh, you know, champagne or beer or whatever you like at the bar. But the ship is going, it's, it's going to go down. And that's what we're trying to communicate to people. And it's not a question of trying to present doom and gloom. That's not what we're trying to do. We're not trying to be, we're not trying to present something that's pessimistic. We're trying to tell you that there is an objective reality out here that, in our opinion, runs contrary to what you hear from the government and maybe from Wall Street and certainly from, and much of the mainstream media. And while they're telling you happy days are here again, and in fact, they've never been unhappy, we're sitting back and saying, "Hmm, no, I think there's a problem here. And the problem is so serious that we think you would be you would do well to kind of look into things yourself and make up your own mind. Do you agree with us? Do you agree with the government? If you agree with the government, then life goes on um, as as it has over the course of the last few years. If you agree with us, it means that you need to prepare for what may be a difficult time ahead. And we're seeing report after report. You know, we just said one that they anticipate a recession in the next 12 months. 25, 26% chance of recession in the next 12 months. We see 
the the financial news is littered with these reports, and it has been probably since the beginning of this year at least. There's been a big increase in the number, oh my gosh, that the whole thing's coming to an end and not too long from now. I don't know if it's coming to an end, but I know there's a lot of people who think so, or at least coming to very difficult times. And all we're trying to do is alert people, look, I think there's a problem coming. Be a good idea to get ready. Be a good idea to get prepared. Uh, and and so we do the program and try to communicate that idea to folks. And uh, what can I tell you? Um, here's one more little article that we've got before we go to break. Atlanta Fed sees first quarter U.S. GDP growth of less than 1%. This is from Reuters. Right, this is the Atlanta Federal, Bank, Federal Reserve Bank. U.S. economy is growing at a pace below 1% in the first quarter following data that showed sluggish consumer spending and a large trade gap in February. This is from the Atlanta Federal Reserve GDP Now forecast model. Um, the six-tenths of a percent annualized pace for the U.S. gross domestic product seen in the first three months of 2016 was slower than the regional Fed's prior estimate of 1.4% on March 24th. They estimated, here we are on the 28th, <laughs> on the 24th they estimated 1.4%. On the 28th they know they nope, it's six-tenths of a percent. I don't know. All by itself, that's a kind of news to me. This thing changed by eight-tenths of a percent right, in four days. This does not inspire confidence. Right? You would think that somebody, they would be able to do a better job of estimating, guesstimating, whatever, four days from when the guesstimate until they get the actual results. I don't know. You would hope that they could do a better job. The one point about it is this. If the growth is 6% or six-tenths of a percent on an annual basis, that is not cause for celebration. The economy is slowing, at least in the first quarter. We'll watch and see what happens in the rest of the year, but it's consistent with the idea that we're getting closer and closer and closer to some sort of a difficult time. I'm Alfred Addis here with Melody Cedarstrom on Financial Survival. We'll be back in a moment. Please stay tuned. That's 1-800-375-4188. 
4188. Listen to Financial Survival with your host, Melody Cedarstrom, on American Voice Radio Network and Shortwave Radio. Visit DiscountGoldAndSilverTrading.net or call 1-800-375-4188. That's 1-800-375-4188. For the very best in gold and silver trading, call toll-free 1-800-375-4188. That's 1-800-375-4188. Call now. a heart condition and emergency rooms and medical doctors are not an option, you need our emergency heart attack kit. Five concentrated liquid formulas enter the system in 60 seconds to protect your heart muscle, strengthen heartbeat, increase circulation, relieve pain, and make breathing easier. When seconds count, you want all the help you can get with our emergency heart attack kit. Easy to use and portable in a one-pound compact kit for your purse, briefcase, or car. Call Apothecary Herbs now for your emergency heart attack kit, toll-free, 866-229-3663. That's 866-229-3663. International callers dial 704-875-8010 or order online at the 3 wsthepowerherbscom American Voice Radio Network is heard on Galaxy 19 at 97 degrees west, transponder 23, frequency 12115, audio PID 2595. AVR is heard on the left side audio channel, and AVR2 is heard on the right side audio channel. Remember, both AVR and AVR2 are on Galaxy 19. Same network, double the choices. I'm Alfred Addis here with Melody Cedarstrom on Financial Survival, and the program is brought to you by Discount Gold and Silver at 1-800-375-4188 for all your gold and silver coin needs. What's next, Melody? Well, you wanted to talk a little bit about the uh, Clinton email probe? Yeah, this is... I don't know. I don't know what to make of this at times, but this is... Uh, Here's the headline, Clinton email probe, FBI to interview Clinton aides. Now, I've seen people, including Judge Napolitano, he said the aides better be careful during these interviews because the FBI will, I mean, you talk to these people, and whatever you say can and will be used against Against you. you. And they say this is an interview, and it could be just an opportunity for you to make confessions that that can get you sent up the river. So that's one side on it. But here's another article, and it says the FBI is setting up interviews with a number of Hillary Clinton's aides as part of an investigation into Hillary into Clinton's handling of classified materials on her private email server. This is from the Los Angeles Times. The interviews and the ensuing parts of the cases are likely to continue well into the presidential primary season. No dates have been set for the interviews, and the FBI may also plan to interview Clinton. Now, 
it's you know, as you read this article, it moves from point to point. And when it says the FBI may also plan to interview Clinton, it implies they are not planning at this moment. They might plan in the future, but at least they haven't released their intention to interview Hillary. That's the implication of the article. And if they're not going to interview her, it doesn't indicate. It certainly indicates that they're not going to prosecute her. That's that's the way it appears to me. Nevertheless, in theory. The interviews of Clinton aides, it could signal that there's still prosecution on way, but the FBI submitted a declaration about the pending investigation. The public statement said the FBI can't release records about its probe without adversely affecting the investigation. And then it goes on. Experts told the Times that Clinton appears unlikely to face prosecution. We've got a guy, American University law professor, Stefan Vladek. He says, the facts of the case do not fit the law. Reasonable folks may think that federal law ought to prohibit what Clinton did, but it's just not clear to me that it currently does. Now, who is Vladek? He's a law professor. And more to the point, is he a Clinton supporter or a Clinton detractor? or he is an objective analyst, but he says the facts of the case do not fit the law, and reasonable folks may think the law ought to prohibit what Clinton did, but it's just not clear to me that it currently does. That's not a powerful statement, especially when he says it's, it's just not clear to me. Well, if something is not clear to one person, well, that's kind of interesting on one level, and it's a law professor. We give it a certain amount of credence. But the question is, is it interesting to Barack Obama and or the Attorney General Janet Lynch? Um, I can't think of Lynch's first name. I guess it's not Janet, but I can't think of it right Loretta. now. Loretta. Mike's mistake, yeah. Um, but in any case, the odds really do look like Clinton's not going to be prosecuted. It says the case seeks to determine if Clinton and her aides distributed sensitive materials knowingly from her private server, which was outside the department's secured system. Clinton has denied sending out emails that were marked as classified. The FBI is likely nearing the end of the investigation, said James McLunkin the former chief executive of the FBI's Washington field office. The interviews are critical to understand the volume of information that they have collected to decide whether there is a prosecutable case. Doesn't sound like there's yeah. a prosecutable case. It sounds like there's certainly reasonable doubt at this point in time, and it looks like Hillary is going to skate. And, you know, as much as I would like to see Hillary, you know, prosecuted for this, the way this article reads, maybe there's no basis for prosecuting her. But if there is no ground for prosecuting Hillary, why has this thing dragged on for so long? Somebody should have been able to see early on, if this law professor is correct, and he's saying, look, the facts don't fit the law, all right, the, the, the law does not apply to the facts that we have here. Somebody should have picked up on this before now, or at least I think someone should have. Why is this dragged on? It's 
you know, you look at it, and it's difficult to know. Are the, is the mass of material, the mass of email, there were allegedly 3,871 pages of Clinton's email. Did it, was it such a mass and, and so difficult to read and so on that that you just couldn't reasonably make a decision on whether you should prosecute, you shouldn't prosecute, just because of the mass yeah, but- of information, or is the fix in, or was the prosecution politically motivated in the first place? You know, I wish you could do these things and we could look at it and have some measure of confidence that whatever was going on was legitimate. If she's not guilty, then leave her alone. Well, I mean, right? that's just... If that's she is guilty, prosecute her. That's just the way, you know, these investigations go. I, you know, I was you wrong. Don't go that way if you're dealing me, with a black person, a poor person, you know. Some no, white well, no, but we're not. But we're not. And I mean, I can remember when Ken Starr was doing uh, the, you know, when he was in charge of the investigation for Bill Clinton or the prosecution. I mean, there was sometimes you'd think, what? Here the guy's got all this information. Like, what's he dragging his feet for? But my question is, I knew I, I'm amazed, and I was wrong. I, I never thought Hillary would would advance this far in an election. I didn't think she'd run. I thought she had too much baggage, and when she did, this all this other stuff came out with Benghazi and everything else. I didn't think she'd get this far. But I do remember, and I've said this before in the program, before she made her announcement that she was going to uh, have a camp- campaign for, for president, she was going to be a candidate. She had gone to the White House. Two or three days later, she made the announcement. So there was an agreement there that whatever happened, they wouldn't prosecute her. They, weren't, they wouldn't indict her. My question is, what the heck has she done? How has she helped the elite for them to support her to this degree? With all the baggage that she's got, you would think, well, you know, <laughs> We're going to find someone better uh, to run for the, I, I mean, but yet they still push her. They protect her. Uh, uh, they, yeah. and, I mean, and I'm thinking, what did she do to earn it? You know, what did she do? I mean, <clears throat> she's probably got did, a collection of data on a number of people that if something happens to her, information will be revealed on them. I don't know that that's true, but it's a sort of I don't thing know if anything would happen to her, but they just support her, and it's like everything just, you know, rolls off of her. Well, you know, we've talked a little about this before the program began. Trump has been an exciting candidate, and I was initially delighted with Trump, but some of his remarks lately, they don't please me. I mean, the guy is, he, he's making statements that indicate at times that he has the mindset of an out-and-out fascist or he just doesn't get it and he's willing to say things that are going to alienate some people in this, some people in, the, in this country are going to be alienated. I mean, a lot of people have been alienated by Trump from the beginning. I'm not one of them, but I'm beginning to be a little bit, you know, he's a little bit too outrageous. And on the other hand, we've got him running. But if you don't like him, you can vote for Cruz, who impresses me as a man who could take lessons in ethics from Bill Clinton. All right. Cruz does not impress me as a good candidate. All right. I'd vote for I would vote. For, I would absolutely vote for Trump before I'd ever vote for Cruz. Then on the but I would 
but I don't feel comfortable necessarily with either of them. But they're bad and in different ways. And they're, well, they're bad in different ways, but the problem is, why can't we get a, I know. a people of candidates that are actually good? <laughs> why do we On ever, either side. You know, we've <laughs> talked for years that you vote for the lesser of the two evils. Okay, but it was not obvious. They didn't have signs on where they're parading around saying, yes, I'm a Satanist. I'm more evil than the other SOB. Or, you know, they were not as obvious about it. Today, we just take it for granted. We have gangsters, thugs, crazy people running for the presidency. And nobody seems to mind. I mean, I think there's a ch- there's an argument to be made. Maybe what I just look. Let's just forget the primary we've had up until now and start all over. Start a new primary. There's time. We could run it. We could have the national conventions for the Republicans and for the Democrats. Instead of in July, we could have them in September or October. All right? And we could try to get some good candidates. But do we have any good candidates? Is there anybody we can put up there? Like Hillary Clinton? I mean, good God. Her, I don't even know where to start. How did she ever get to where she could run for president? I mean, this is she is she makes her husband look like a moral man. And I'm waiting. The big headline, the big headline coming from Hillary, <laughs> if she gets elected as president, all right? How long before we hear her repeat her husband's most famous line? I did not have sex with that woman. Hmm? Watch and see. If Hillary gets elected, I'll bet you we see that. We'll hear it. We'll hear Hillary say, I did not have sex with that woman. (sighs) I don't know. You would think that you could get someone who at least acted like they were, that they had some measure of honesty and integrity, and we don't even get that. (laughs) We don't even get that. What we <laughs> what we have is a stable of candidates who belong in the National Enquirer. That is their natural newspaper. Good grief. So what are we going to get? Well, somebody's going to be president after, you know, starting in January of next year, we'll have a new president in office. But good Lord, what will we have? And will it do us any good at all? Or I don't know. It's become, you know, you look at it, and this is a, this is something to do. I don't know if it just is the system itself. It's the two parties. I don't know who to blame, who to point the finger at. But somebody needs to pay. You understand that, Melody? Somebody needs to be held accountable for this. Well, you know, what's also amazing about Hillary is when you listen to her, I mean, that woman has no... I mean, you can when you when you tell her her polls about honesty, like she's down in the twenty percent. Mm. It doesn't. <laughs> it's like so what? I mean, it's yeah, I know, I know. You know, it's one of, and that's one of the things that bothers me about it. None of these people have any shame. No, you can't shame these people at anything. <laughs> I, you know, I mean, people are talking about Trump's wife posed in the nude. Or near, very nearly so. All right. So the first lady, we're going to have pictures if Trump is elected. <laughs> we're going to have pictures of the first lady of the United States on a bearskin rug wearing nothing. 
All right, that'll oh, that's great. That does you know, I mean that but what have we got with Obama? Most of the people listening to the program have probably seen pictures of Obama's mother. Nude pictures, prostitution, blah blah blah, whatever. I didn't see that. Right? Well, well, the, well, there's no question. This isn't Photoshop or something. This, this is his mother was there. And then you can point back. You can go to you can go to Laura Bush and you can shame her because she married a moron. Right, Laura Bush. How shameful! She married an idiot. Right, well, and then we've got the say. Clintons, for God's sake. And who is more shameful out of those? And we don't have anybody who has just come up with, "Oh my God, I'm so embarrassed by my past that I'm not going to run them and drop out of the race." Uh uh-uh. uh The people that are in this race, they don't care what they've done. They have no sense of shame. Huh? I would like to see some candidates who could blush. I'd like to see some of them who actually, you know, tried to maintain a semblance of some sort of moral behavior. <clears throat> and it does not appear, it does not appear that any of them, you know, they'll talk about it. They talk about it. Some of them. But others, they don't even talk about it. But I don't see that any of them are necessarily living it. And we can just sit here and wonder what's going to happen to our country. Where do we find candidates who really care about the general welfare of the United States of America? Anybody? You know, I really think, some people think that this, the Trump candidacy is going to cause such an enormous division in the Republican Party that it won't be healed and the Republicans may cease to exist. Maybe we need a third party. Maybe we really, really need a third party. We need to just walk away and start a third party that was for the American people and not for special interests of the Democrats or the Republicans, for the American people, and get it going, and we'll do the best we can in in the 2018 election, in the 2020 election, and we'll just see if we can maybe save this country. But I don't know that the Republicans or the Democrats are going to do us any good, intend to do us any good, can do us any good. Let's take a break for some more commercials. Melody and I will be back on Financial Survival in just a moment. Please stay tuned. obligations or relationship problems have you feeling stressed out when life is too much to handle use apothecary herbs emotional stress formula feel calm and more in control with herbs especially combined to provide the organic nutrition your system needs to help you cope complete instructions for maximum benefit and a money-back guarantee you've waited long enough call apothecary herbs now toll free 866-229-3663 That's 866-229-3663. International callers dial 704-875-8010 or order online at the3ws.thepowerherbs.com.
prices have increased over 40%. Energy prices have increased over 20%. Wheat and gas prices have increased over 70%. What's going to be next? Do you see these trends reversing or even stabilizing? All fiat currencies have always failed and collapsed their economies on their way down. The Roman Empire, China, France, Argentina, Finland, Mexico, Russia, and Zimbabwe all tried fiat currency and all collapsed into chaos. Meanwhile, the dollar has lost over 97% of its gold value since 1971, when an ounce of gold was valued at $35. If your assets are in paper, you are in danger. Protect your assets with gold and silver. Visit Discount Gold and Silver Trading at DGSCoins.com. That's DGSCoins.com or call 1-800-375-4188. That's 800-375-4188. Protect yourself and your family. Gentlemen, I'm Alfred Adeskir with Melody Cedarstrom on Financial Survival. What's next, Melody? Well, I just wanted to, uh, you know, uh, an update. Well, this was actually came out on Friday. I don't think we discussed it on Friday, but they did revise the GDP numbers. Uh, once again, this is the third GDP estimate, and I guess that is the final one for the... Uh, <laughs> final I for know, the week? The final. final for the week or final for the month or what? Final for the for fourth. For the fourth quarter, well, for the fourth quarter, uh, so they say the GDP increased at 1.4% annual rate instead of the previous. The fourth quarter of last year. Correct. Previously reported was the 1.0%, and this was released by the Commerce Department today in their third GDP estimate, and uh, it was initially estimated at 0.7%. So, you know. If at first you don't succeed, don't succeed. Try, try, try again. again. Yeah. They keep on trying until they get something. We have a caller, if I understand correctly. Is Rob Wester? Oh. Hello, Rob. Yep, I'm on. Hi, Al. What up? Hi, Hi guys. <clears throat> How are you doing, Melody? Just great, thanks. You guys What's are having up? way too much. You've been having way too much fun discovering uh, all of the politics again, like every four years it happens, you know. Yeah, and, I, uh, <laughs> I thought I'd share I'd, over the weekend. I may have sent you some information about <clears throat> a group out of Texas called um, America Again dot yeah. net, mm-hmm. and um, I think that's the most interesting answer to these things I've ever seen. Because, like we discussed on the show a week or so back we're looking in the library and we don't have the right books. You know, they, they've been uh, jiggled on us since about the time of Abraham Lincoln. And it's just turned into a mess. And every four years we get caught up into this routine. So, uh, yeah, maybe there's another approach out there. Well, it may be. And when you talk about the books have been jiggled, we had some people brought their research to me back in 1991. They had been sitting in a law library, no, a library in Belfast, Maine, if I recall, Maine for sure, and I think the city was Belfast, and it was one of the oldest libraries in the United States. It had been there from before the Civil or before the American Revolution, and they asked the librarian to get the uh, oldest copy of the Constitution she had, 
And she brought it out, and they looked through it. Um, it was in a book form, and they looked through it. And it had, it was published, I don't remember the year, but shortly after the Bill of Rights was added. And it included a 13th Amendment that is no longer on our Constitution. And they thought, what the heck is this? It was a man named Tom Dunn and David Dodge. Tom Dunn was a former uh, police officer, retired police officer. Uh, Dodge was a, he was a researcher. Dodge drove around the country from library to library looking for evidence of this missing 13th Amendment. And I wound up writing a small book on the subject after they submitted the research. And the, the amendment would have prevented special interest legislation. People look at it, and it would prevent people from taking titles of nobility, like being a licensed attorney, and people thought that was the big news. And the real important purpose, if this amendment had remained on the Constitution, it would have prevented special interest legislation. And they found 26 separate states and territories that at one time or another had published this amendment as ratified over a period of oh, something like 1812 to... Uh, uh, 1810 on up to, oh, maybe 18, uh, 1870, 76, something like that, I think was the last time it was seen. Well, Dodge, we got this information out. I wrote a number of articles on it, made a small book on it, provided photocopies of all the documents that Dodge had collected over the years. Dodge went back to the same libraries a few years later to look for the information a second time, and every library he visited, the information had been removed. The documents that had copies of this missing 13th Amendment had been removed, and it's pretty good evidence that <clears throat> it wasn't just some crackpot story. If it was just a crackpot story, nobody would bother to remove the relevant, the relevant evidence. The fact that the evidence was removed from every library he, he visited, been through there once, found 26 uh, separate states and territories that had published this as a valid amendment at one point or another, and then he goes back, finds no evidence. I mean, it's chilling. It's the sort of thing where people in government or in something are essentially deleting elements of our history from our libraries in order to prevent us from learning our own history. And I don't know that the 13th Amendment, there is some debate whether this 13th Amendment was or was not ever properly ratified. There was a question of whether the whole thing hinged on whether or not Virginia voted or did not vote to ratify, and the evidence was not clear at the time. Um, it certainly looked as if they did, but they could not find the actual document where they voted, yeah, this is, this is a rat, we vote for this amendment. So, I don't know, I'm just saying, if it happened with what's come to be called the missing 13th Amendment, there's no telling how many documents are being revised in order to create a history for us that we don't, that was, that's not true. A myth. You know, I don't know that history is ever exactly true, but it's not necessarily mythical. There's some basis for it. So in any case, your notion that the evidence is changing right before our eyes, eh, you know, I've seen that. that well, you know, <clears throat> Melody, I thought it might be interesting to know if you had any response to your uh, one show when you 
offered up to do um, some educational webinars and things like that. Has has the audience responded at all to anything like that? Uh, we that was just about a little bit of a week ago. So uh, um, we had one reply. I don't remember yeah. who it was. I, I can't remember exactly what was said. There was one or two replies, but uh, uh, there was not a groundswell where <clears throat> it looked like it was going to sway the the election in November. Uh, so, yeah, yeah. you know, but the thing about nice politics, one, there is a lesson, and there, there's something that can bear in mind always with politics. It is unfortunate that people look at elections as the singular events that take, care of, take, take place all by themselves. And we focus on what's going to happen in this election, and a lot of people don't want to waste their vote, so they're going to vote for whoever it looks like it's going to win rather than doing what they think might be best. And politics is not an event, it's a process. Whoever gets elected or rejected in November of this year is going to help determine who will be elected or rejected in 2018 and in 2020. And you've got to bear that in mind. When you cast your vote this year, you are ultimately casting a vote that will have influence on what's going to happen two years from now and four years from now and on into the future. You can't just look at it for right now. Um, You have to take a little longer view and you have to be involved in this political mess. Whether you like it or not, uh, you got to pay attention. And if you don't, we wind up with the kinds of problems we have right now. People, you know, where do we find an honorable candidate? Maybe, I don't know, I don't know when the last time was we had any, but we certainly appeared to have had a few. Reagan comes to mind. We can debate whether he was or was not as honorable as some people thought, but he certainly acted like he was. These people celebrate it, you know. They come on, they say, I'm running from the Bloods, and the other guy says, I'm running for the Crips. You know, who are you going to vote for? Yeah. Well, I just thought I'd... uh offer up a little information about America again about that and then I was I just had limited time today but uh, are there any specials going on today Melody? Well we have a lot of specials going on we had a little bit of uh, some of our packages from last week are are still continuing so uh, folks need to uh, pick up the phone and give us a call at 1-800-375-4188 so yeah we got a lot of packages going on some small ones uh involving $20 gold pieces. And really, there's a, a prime buy for Mint State 61 $20 gold pieces. I mean, you're talking for a Canadian maple leaf, which is priced a little bit less than what an American gold eagle is, um, $20 gold pieces are only $100 more. I mean, that is such an incredible an incredible buy. Anytime it dips to this level, it's a, a time to buy. What's the point of buying bullion coins when you could buy Mint State 61 $20 gold pieces for 100 bucks more? And for a gold eagle, it would probably be, you know, you basically you'd be looking at a, a price, you know, spread of less than $100. So uh, it's a tremendous buy for Mint State 61 $20 liberties in St. Gaudens. I'd be buying mm-hmm. those all day long. Well, you kind of are, Melody, because that's the business you're well, in. I do. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> On a personal basis, uh, yeah, they're a ter- terrific buy. All right, Rob, anything else for us? 
No, we're good. Uh, um, we might be making a little portfolio change here, Melody, so I might be giving you a call on some ideas. And uh, Okay. But I appreciate you guys. Uh, you got a lively show today, so thanks for Thank taking you, a little Rob. time with me. All righty. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Thank you for calling. Bye, guys. Okay. Uh, what do we got? A couple of minutes left. Here's one from the street. Here's headline from the street. Week ahead. Energy sectors, debt bomb, ready to explode. This is another one of the leaves in the breeze. This is not doom and gloom, but it's simply, hey, this is what's going on. All right? You can't, if someone is going to come screaming out of the hole of the Titanic, say, run, run, it's going to sink, for God's sake. This is not doom and gloom. This is, this is handing objective evidence. Look, you need to be careful. Something's going on. Something's wrong. <clears throat> the clock is ticking louder and more heavily for heavily indebted oil and gas companies, as well for the banks with the highest ratio of energy loans. Many of these energy and financial service stocks are so deeply in debt, they'll remain toxic investments throughout the year, even if oil prices rebound. Um, after a brief rally fueled hopes of a lasting turnaround last week, In the oil business, oil prices tumbled again, and uh, supply as the supply glut, and that's the big deal right now, uh, uh, returned. Um, On Friday, West Texas Intermediate, the U.S. benchmark closed to 39.46, down about 2.4% for the week. The main culprit, the U.S. Energy Information Administration, reported that the crude oil reserves rose for the sixth consecutive week uh, last week, marking another new record. With refining over capacity likely a problem for the next half decade, energy companies that overexpanded at the most reckless pace are now paying the piper. If prices stay low and economic indicators turn sour, the energy industry will see a wave of defaults and bankruptcies that will weigh uh, upon the bro- broader markets. Analysts expect at least 500 energy companies to go bankrupt in 2016 as meeting debt obligations becomes impossible. The number of energy loans that are in danger of default could soar above 50% this year, posing huge problems for several major banks. The total debt in the entire oil and gas sector reached $3 trillion in 2014, or about three times the amount of uh, the debt in 2006. <clears throat> so the point being, you know, we see this is more evidence. This is potentially one of those black swans we hear about that could cause something flies in that was unexpected, and one way or another, it trips the domino effect, and we wind up having a serious problem, maybe a minor calamity, maybe a major calamity. All right. This could be one of the, this could be a black swan, this could be a duckling. It's hard to say, but we keep on seeing problem after problem after problem accumulate, and as we do, it becomes increasingly probable that the issues that we're facing are going to combine. There's going to be a perfect storm here in the future. And it's hard to find many silver linings in the clouds, which, again, brings us back. Don't want to do doom and gloom, but, gee, you know, if the water's pouring into the hull of the ship, it's, somebody needs to say something. 
and warn people, get your life preserver, get into a lifeboat. We're going to have a problem here. The ship is not designed to take on water at this rate, and yet it does appear to be taking on water, and often in the form of debt. National debt, energy debt, private individual debts, mortgage debts, We are so deeply in debt, there's no way we're ever going to be able to pay our way out of this thing. Sooner or later, there has to be a major default. And when it takes place, those of you that are holding your wealth in the form of paper are going to lose your assets. Those of you that are holding your wealth in the form of something tangible, like gold or silver, will have a high probability of being able to get by and maybe even prosper during the coming possible calamity. So we're out of time. Melody, did you want to say something quickly before we go, or shall we vamos? Vamos. Okay, let's vamos. All right, folks, thanks for listening. We'll be back tomorrow. In the meantime, the good Lord bless you, me, Melody, and Frank, the producer. Bye-bye. I work all night, I work all day to pay the bills I have to pay. Seems to be a single penny left for me. Galaxy 19 at 97 degrees west, transponder 23, frequency 12115, audio PID 2595. AVR is heard on the left side audio channel, and AVR2 is heard on the right side audio channel. Remember, both AVR and AVR2 are on Galaxy 19. Same network, double the choices. Countries have denied Internet access for their people during civil strife. The FCC seized in-use commercial shortwave frequencies right after the September 11th attacks. No one communication system can be depended on to be there when you need information. You need choices. You need a KU band free-to-air satellite system from AVR. The AVR system includes a receiver, an LNB, and a 75-centimeter dish. All you need to get on your own is the coaxial cable. The system is delivered to your door for one forty. That's right, delivered for $149.99. That's the shipping and the system, $149.99. Call 541-225-4659. That's 541-225-4659. Or visit AmericanVoiceRadio.com and click Satellite System.
using your cell phone for business or staying in touch with family, your cell phone use is increasing. Use the Wave Shield, developed for ultimate cellular protection. The Wave Shield blocks, reduces, and deflects up to 97% of the radiation from entering the soft tissue of your ear. The Wave Shield, made of a patented mesh material, is proven and tested to block radiation without affecting reception. Order your Wave Shield today for only $19.95. Did he just say $19.95? Hey, times are tough, so American Voice Radio Network is cutting the price to $17.95. That's right, $17.95 plus mailing. You can protect yourself, family, and friends from cell phone danger to your inner ear. $17.95 at TheAmericanVoice.com. That's the superstore at TheAmericanVoice.com. $17.95 plus mailing. Order now. What makes deep sea salt from France so different? Up from the ocean depths in the south of France flow undersea rivers of pristine sea water. At high tide, the prepared salt ponds are filled with this water. Over spring and summer, processed only by ocean breezes and sunshine, the brine thickens and salt crystals float to the top. These are harvested with nets and deposited on wooden drainage flats to dry. The salt is then gathered up, packaged, and shipped around the world. This salt is much more than a box of lifeless sodium chloride. Soldiers worth their salt were once paid with this valuable commodity. It contains 78 to 84 balancing elements. This is living salt, and once you have tasted it, you will never go back to anything else. I've seen this salt in gourmet shops for $30 a pound. Get it now at 4spectrum.us for under $8 a pound. Order 10 pounds and enter the coupon code AVRSALT at checkout and save $20. Ships free to your door or call 800-581-8906. Order today. Fighting soldiers from the sky Fearless men who jump and die Men who mean just what they say The brave men of the Green Beret Silver wings upon their chest These are men America's best 100 men will test today but only three when the Green Beret trained to live off nature's land trained in combat hand to hand men who fight by night and day
fighting soldiers from the sky. Fearless men who jump and die. Men who mean just what they say. The brave men of the Green Beret. Silver
And you'd think with uh, the bombing of Libya, we targeted uh, in the last 24 hours Gaddafi's palace, which uh, there's a part of it, uh, which there's a command center, and uh, there are civilians that support Gaddafi, uh, which um, children, women, men, uh, they file in and out. There's a part of the palace that is a museum. You know, Libya is quite a bit older than the United States, maybe not the dirt, uh, but uh, civilization. Anyway, uh, I'm if you... I uh, can't tell already, and absolutely, totally against uh, what we're doing. I think we've been suckered. And I notice uh, that the email you send me, uh, you're telling me the same thing, and I concur. Uh, so if you just have a short email, it's because I'm getting quite a few that say, Bo, uh, don't be fooled uh, like Obama. And, you know, one thing that really makes me angry about uh, Obama and what is going on here is that rather than go to the United States Congress, what Obama has done is he went to the United Nations. Who is his boss, for crying out loud? And some uh, Democrats, it's kind of interesting, uh, you'd think, because uh, he is, of course, a Democrat. But uh, his own party is thinking, uh, threatening and talking about impeachment. But you see, Obama took care of that a long time ago when he chose Biden to be his vice president. Who in the world would want to see Biden uh, come set in the Oval Office. I mean, that, you know, we've rejected him twice, so Obama knew that he was on real thin ice, and so he's headed out uh, now that Japan is uh, in the midst of meltdown and that the United States, uh, here we are, uh, bombing Libya. And uh, when you look at it, who are we supporting? Tell me, uh, can you, and email me. I'm very serious. I don't understand uh, what side we are supporting. We are apparently against, because Obama has said that, well, yes, we are going to comply with the uh, U.N., 1973 resolution, uh, and we're going to add one thing. Gaddafi must go. Now, let me. Can I say that to you that if you uh, do enough research, sort of like cleaning out under your fingernails is all it takes, you find out that Gaddafi's friends and his contacts are the same people that Obama uh, had as friends and contacts. And so to me, uh, when I see America uh, being committed as a, as a nation and our armed forces, and I see that uh, you know, we've got uh, Gaddafi uh, as, a, as a target, and that we go to the United Nations instead of the U.S. Congress, it, it makes me wonder 
how close are we to becoming uh, USA Inc.? And so I'm very uh, upset about uh, America because, you see, to you may say, well, Bo, uh, all we're trying to do is protect civilians. Right. And uh, do you understand, as a general staff officer, it automatically comes up uh, in my uh, mind that to uh, have a no-fly zone, what we actually must do is we have to take out uh, his airfields, we have to take out his air defense, we have to take out uh, his uh, 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 communication systems, and while we're doing all of this, we're taking out uh, civilians and non-combatants because we aren't using the tips of bayonets. This is not the U.S. Marine Corps going to Tripoli uh, the way it was in old time. We are using uh, massive uh, weapons of destruction, huge bombs. Uh, that are very indiscriminate. And when they hit the ground, and we've been showing this over in Afghanistan. I mean, here I reported to you on Friday, we killed uh, 35 uh, non-combatants. They were elders. It's like uh, you know, blowing up uh, your city council and your county council on top of it or maybe uh, blowing up your state legislature. And uh, one of the guys that we you know, took out, uh, he, he was a, uh, the, the head of uh, the whole area there. I mean, are we crazy? And then what uh, really gets to me is uh, there's, and I don't know if you've seen it uh, yet, but it's probably going to be available. This is uh, via ABC News. We have soldiers that uh, are being charged now, and the Army is aware of this. Uh, and a young uh, enlisted man, a corporal, has described, and he's done so, so that it's uh, on all of your television and computers. It's through YouTube. You can pick this up. ABC News uh, had the had the video, and here's this youngster, which I think he did right. But he is telling authorities how his sergeant murdered civilians in Afghanistan just for kicks and collected body parts. Now, friends, what? And as I've said before, if I sound a little desperate, it's because uh, my fuse has about burned out. What are we doing there? When you look at, and I know you say, oh, Bo, please don't say it again, Think of it, 4,800 tons of what they make heroin out of. And this comes out of a country like Afghanistan, 93% of the world's heroin comes out of Afghanistan, 
which we have our little president, Karzai, in Egypt, we've got the CIA's man that ran a private prison for people that we uh, captured, and we couldn't bring them back to the United States. We didn't want to put them in Gitmo. Uh, they were controversial. But, see, you can put them in a CIA prison in Egypt, and this guy can torture them. And, of course, when it comes up to uh, getting rid of... The president, just like we're getting rid of Gaddafi, who goes in and replaces him? Well, in Egypt it is the CIA's man in Cairo. Who is going to replace Gaddafi? We are supporting, uh, un, it's like having a candidate with a bag over his head saying, vote for this guy. You know, we are as, there's a, a poll that's out that is showing how dumb Americans are. And I agree with you. If you watch uh, Jay Leno at all, uh, you'll see him uh, with his jaywalking. And it shows because they uh, will uh, ask people who are in graduate school and people who are going to medical school and uh, that are in a, a law college, and they don't know how many uh, stars or stripes are on the United States uh, flag. They they have no idea what the Taliban is. You know, for example, that's pretty hard to question, maybe. The point is, they don't know who Biden is, which is not a big deal either. But the point is, is that when we look at what we're doing from a world point of view, and we see that in Egypt we've got a CIA-contracted uh, torture person, when you go back from Egypt and you look at Iran, the guy that we had running against Ahmadinejad was a man who, when the Ayatollah came in and the Shah uh, had to flee in Iran, well, the prime minister for the Ayatollah Khomeini was a man who killed, was responsible for thousands of innocent dead. Anybody that supported uh, the Shaw was toast. This is the guy that uh, our news broadcasters, ABC, CBS, NBC, CNN, all of these were saying, here is the green candidate. Here is the man who uh, loves uh, womanhood and is going to take care of the rights of the young people. And we actually uh, had a movement, the CIA, I'm sure, was paying for it. And America was supporting this murderer, just like America supports the murderer that we have uh, replaced in Egypt. We don't even know who the party is uh, who's running uh, these anarchists. What do they call themselves? The peace-loving people's uh, party of, uh, of Liberia or something? Libya? 
Tojo, where of Togo, where are we even at? And so uh, what I'm saying is that it is a sign of extreme weakness. And when the Democrats will even in Congress will be up in arms because their president doesn't have the sense to contact the United States Congress. You know, it's Congress that declares war. It's supposed to be. And the U.N., I'm so proud of the greatest generation. You remember that generation where they had women that were rolling up their sleeves and putting on the sweatbands, and, uh, you know, they call her Rosie the Riveter and this kind of stuff? The guys that uh, fought World War II. Well, before that, we had ourselves a Congress. We had ourselves a, a, a strong president, Woodrow Wilson. They gave him the Nobel Peace Prize. He had a man who wasn't a colonel, but he called himself Colonel Mandel House. And he was uh, Woodrow Wilson's alter ego. Now, they came up with a, a world government idea. This was Woodrow Wilson. And uh, people said that it was Daddy Bush that started this new world order. It wasn't. I got a book, copyrighted 1918, that says The New World Order. Woodrow Wilson, and they started uh, the League of Nations, the United States Senate, which has to approve all treaties and this kind of thing, said no. And the League of Nations, just like a tree in the start of winter, it just, uh, it leaves dried up and they blew away. The League of Nations never did get off the ground, and it was because of the United States Senate that said we will not be subject to any foreign power. What are we doing? Does anybody love Obama out there? Does anybody? I know that, that there are people listening who love and support Obama. You should be calling uh, the White House, 20245, let's see, uh, it, I'll have to rethink it. Anyway, the last four, 1111, and uh seems to me like it was 202, this District of Criminals, and uh, uh, 456, maybe, 1111. And just to, so that Obama cannot say that well, he wasn't told. Our Congress needs to be brought into this thing before we end up as USA Inc. with Obama as some kind of uh, chairman of the board. Do you think that Obama would be reelected uh, today? I'm, uh, you know, I when I look at uh, at our casualty list, you know, it's five thousand. 949 Americans that are dead, that have been killed in combat 
1,508 of them in Afghanistan, 4,441 in Iraq. Now we get to add Libya. Now, the last time, and I mentioned this to you on Friday, because that's when they voted, and I wanted to let you know uh, what was coming. But the last time that we uh, bombed uh, Muammar Gaddafi, we lost two United States Air Force captains. They shot down with the air defense system sold to them uh, by Ed Wilson. I told you all about him on Friday. He, my boss, and uh, Air Force General all were partners in Itasco, which was Egypt, <laughs> the Egyptian Air Transport Service Company. And they all had to end up resigning in disgrace because they were all working for the government, and they were all in this business uh, making private profit in the millions, tens of millions of dollars. And Dick Secord, uh, I tell you, my boss is so clever. You'll never see him, uh, but he is still doing it. Uh, out of Zurich, Switzerland, and he's still in bed with his old friends, who was the former, uh, well, he was the Deputy Secretary of Defense and of CIA. And so uh, there's a lot of money. Uh, war is, uh, is a business, and business is good when you look at the world. And so uh, I want America to live under the Constitution. I want our children to be able to have a foundation. I feel as if uh, we are on thin ice in this country. And when I see the president, when you've got uh, Japan uh, that is in a severe state where now this uh, nuclear, we'll get into it in more detail, this thing has turned out to be an extremely deadly experience for the world in nuclear fallout. We've already started, remember, what I've uh, told you about uh, the unfortunate thing about nuclear fallout and radiation? It is cumulative. Now, you start getting sick from radiation at about 100 rads. Well, if it's only 10 rads, or let's say it's one rad, well, like the the UN now is saying, well, America, it, you know, there's fallout now coming down, uh, already going across uh, the United States, and uh, will end up uh, in in Great Britain, and then in Europe, <laughs> and it'll go around the world. It is now this thing in Tokyo, now let's call it Tokyo, this place 150 miles north, is being equated with Chernobyl uh, in the ferocity, in the danger, in the level of uh, this nuclear meltdown. They cannot get this thing under control. And so it builds. So let's just say it's one red. 
in 300 or 100 days, you're ill. In 300 days, you're dead. All right, stay with American Voice Radio, please. We'll be right back. survive a food shortage lasting two weeks, six months, or maybe longer? Sound far-fetched? We live in precarious times. There is an ever-increasing possibility of food shortages caused by terrorist attacks, natural disasters, truck strikes, or monetary collapse. You owe it to yourself and family to prepare, and you can by getting a supply of our long-storing, freeze-dried, and dehydrated foods. Our foods are time-tested to store for decades, require a minimum of time and energy to prepare, while maintaining superior nutritional value, freshness, and taste. Our foods were designed for the space program and are in constant use today by our own nuclear submarine service. Contact the Freeze Dry Guy today at freezedryguy at lancet.com. That's freezedryguy at l-a-n-s-e-t.com or call 530-265-8333. 530-265-8333. And let them know you heard it on American Voice Radio. Countries have denied Internet access for their people during civil strife. The FCC seized in-use commercial shortwave frequencies right after the September 11th attacks. No one communication system can be depended on to be there when you need information. You need choices. You need a KU band free-to-air satellite system from AVR. The AVR system includes a receiver, an LNB, and a 75-centimeter dish. All you need to get on your own is the coaxial cable. The system is delivered to your door for one forty. $49.99. That's right, delivered for $149.99. That's the shipping and the system, $149.99. Call 541-225-4659. That's 541-225-4659. Or visit AmericanVoiceRadio.com and click Satellite System. Americans for Immigration Control is a leading national organization dedicated to reasonable levels of legal immigration and effective enforcement to stop illegal immigration. With more than 250,000 members and supporters nationwide, we are an effective voice for immigration reform. AIC stands up in Washington for the views of most Americans on immigration. We are the leaders in stopping recent legislation to reward 10 million or more illegal aliens with legal status and eventual citizenship. The late Georgia Congress and Charlie Norwood had this to say about us. AIC has earned a reputation among members of Congress as one of the most active and responsive advocacy groups in the field of immigration. Join AIC today. For more information, go to our website, immigrationcontrol.com. That's immigrationcontrol.com or call 540-468-2023. That's 540-468-2023. 
What makes deep sea salt from France so different? Up from the ocean depths in the south of France flow undersea rivers of pristine sea water. At high tide, the prepared salt ponds are filled with this water. Over spring and summer, processed only by ocean breezes and sunshine, the brine thickens and salt crystals float to the top. These are harvested with nets and deposited on wooden drainage flats to dry. The salt is then gathered up, packaged, and shipped around the world. This salt is much more than a box of lifeless sodium chloride. Soldiers worth their salt were once paid with this valuable commodity. It contains 78 to 84 balancing elements. This is living salt, and once you have tasted it, you will never go back to anything else. I've seen this salt in gourmet shops for $30 a pound. Get it now at 4spectrum.us for under $8 a pound. Order 10 pounds and enter the coupon code AVR Salt at checkout and save $20. Ships free to your door or call 800 581 8906. Order today. Before I forget, and talking to Frank Steffen, uh, owner-operator of uh, American Voice Radio, uh, he's got there multiple sources of news that keep him updated, and uh, something that I hadn't heard but I pass on to you, uh, the Illinois National Guard is on the ground in Libya. Now, we are being told not to be concerned just like with the radiation out of Japan, because uh, the French are actually the ones that want the lead uh, on bombing and uh, maneuvering against uh, Muammar Gaddafi. So here I am as a soldier who has been a commander in combat, And I'm wondering, what are our soldiers from the Illinois National Guard? How many of you might be from Illinois that are listening? This would concern me. Are going to be under command of foreign officers. How many different kind of foreign officers? You know, this is what uh, Michael New stood up for. In the 3rd Division. 3rd Division was uh, in Germany at the time. Michael knew was a medic. Um, Michael knew when they said they were going to be deployed as UN troops, they had to 
uh, take an oath that uh, their loyalty would be to the United Nations Charter and nothing else, not the Constitution of the United States. Well, Michael New objected on two bases. He said, first of all, that we he was going to have to wear a U.N. bazaar. This is like an MP uh, shoulder uh, strap that says U.N. It was light blue, very pretty, and white. But he said that Army regulations prevent this. And he's right. He also says that uh, he has to give his allegiance to the United Nations, whose hindquarters is out of New York City, and uh, there is a, a sub-UN headquarters overseas. But uh, this, he wondered, and he wanted answered, cancels out his allegiance and his oath to the Constitution of the United States. Now, rather, boy, it's too bad that I wasn't a commander there. I am ashamed. You know the 3rd Division is Audie Murphy's division. And uh, it is, it's a shame that uh, the grand unit that has a combat record uh, like Audie Murphy, it is a shame that they can't even answer the questions. No, instead what they did was court-martial this young man who was a a Texas homeschool person and uh, was a medic in the U.S. Army. My gosh. And so he didn't deploy. He was court-martialed. He went through a whole series of things. Now, do you know, just to, to let you know how I felt about the whole thing, Michael knew was from Texas. I got a hold of him. Uh, he was not public school. His mama loved him enough to teach him at home. He came uh, to a to Dallas where I was speaking, and, and uh, before hundreds of people that were attending my talk, I awarded Michael New uh, the Legion of Merit. Now, I was awarded two legions of merit. I thought Michael New deserved that award. Now, normally the legion of merit only goes to uh, field-grade officers uh, for exceptional duty. Listen, I served on the Army General Staff. Uh, They didn't give me as a chief of special activities. They didn't give me a legion of merit. I served in the office of the Secretary of Defense as the chief of congressional relations. Didn't merit a legion of merit. So it's in combat where I commanded special operations troops that I received my legions of merit. And I thought Michael New needed a medal, and I knew that the President of the United States wasn't going to give him one. And so I gave him mine. Now, people say, Bo, you know, you should uh, uh, follow Army regulations or something. You get in trouble. Yes, maybe I should. But you see, I wouldn't be on the radio, would I? In talking to my close friends 
two have worked their way up the chain of command to four-star general and commander-in-chief of Special Operations Command and Commander-in-Chief of ForceCom, which are all of the combat divisions. General Warner and a good friend, General Downing, who died not that long ago. They both told me, said, Bo, we're proud of you. You speak out. You know that we would like to, but we can't because of uh, who we are, four-star generals. You know, I, I'm glad when I look back at my career, I should, I think, sometimes have stayed in the regular Army. I had a 30, 36-year uh, lock-in, certainly would have been a general, and uh, my gosh, what kind of retirement would I have? Well, I'm glad. God knows. Uh, Romans 8, 28, uh, things work out for the best. Now I'm able to be on the radio. And Daddy Bush has already said, get Bo Greitz, and they shot every arrow in the quiver. And so uh, even the IRS, you know, uh, pesters me uh, today, and I have so many men that I know who are great and, you know, unfortunately, some of the wives go to prison with them because of this damnable IRS. And I look and I see a president like Obama, and I see him taking off. You know, this is spring break for his daughters. And so I don't know how many airplanes. I don't know how many. I do know he's taking some business people with him. But this is a vacation and here we have the National Guard of Illinois. Isn't this the place where Obama has his roots? Didn't his chief of staff just become the mayor of Chicago, and is that in Illinois? And his fanny is off there in Rio de Janeiro. And then he says he's going to go to Ireland to try to find where his ancestors come from. Jiminy, where is that article that tells how dumb Americans are? So if I seem to be frustrated, it's because I have fought for this country along with about 28 million of you. That's how many veterans are in America out of about 311 million people. And every one of us vets have a right to speak out. Now, it wasn't long ago that the FCC uh, left me a note on my door telling me to shut down my low-power uh, radio station. And I haven't done it because we have, it's uh, that radio station of mine, the only thing that I broadcast is music 24 hours a day and Community service messages. We got a lot of things that are going on in our community. So I've, uh, and Senator Ensign's written a nice letter for me. Uh, even though you may not be in the best position, I wrote a letter to Senator Reed, but I haven't heard anything from him. He's probably too important, you know, being head of the Senate. 
The Senator Ensign's written a nice letter to the FCC. The point is, is that we, in, in, in my letter I, to the FCC, I said, listen, uh, there's not one penny that comes to me because of my radio that I do with uh, American Voice. There's not a penny that comes to me because of my low-power FM station. And we got a lot of important things uh, that we need to uh, to broadcast. And so uh, some things we have a right to. I think personally, and I believe this, and I think the rest of you that fought for this country ought to believe the same thing. We have a right to speak out. We have a right to stand up. We have a right uh, to move forward in the interest of this country. And, you know, Teddy Roosevelt, who's one of my favorite. he's not my favorite, uh, my favorite's old Hickory. He said of the civilian banks that were trying to take over as the Fed in those days, that was 1832, he said, you're a den of vipers and thieves, and by the power of the Almighty, I'll wipe you out. And that's what he did. Now, there's my favorite. But Teddy Roosevelt, uh, while he had maybe some shortcomings, according to uh, Patriot Movement in America, the fact is that he said, you know, it is patriotic to be not for the president, you know, but for the country. And for that's why we have a Constitution. That's why we don't want to lose it. That's why I want Obama reporting to the U.S. Congress. That's representative of the people. Not going to the dead gum United Nations. When you look at that bunch of monkeys, I mean, you see that they find, they have found a million dollars in cash in a wall locker. These people, uh, by and large, maybe, are honest, uh, they are intelligent, articulate, but do you know, even the best can be corrupted, can't they, uh, by power. I want to run through some things about uh, Japan for our run out of uh, time. There's so many important things. Uh, makes me wish I had all day, but I don't. You probably couldn't stand it. So uh, here is what is. Uh, let me just start here at the at the top. Officials now say that uh, the Fushiyama Fush, I can't even speak Japanese now. Fukushima uh, plant has been severely damaged and that the reactor cores are melting down. Now, the director of Akio was his name. He left uh, the microphone after admitting that they had not been truthful uh, with the Japanese people or with the world. And he said he's sorry. He's in tears. He ought to commit seppuku. That's what they did in the old days when they were dishonored. But I guess the Japanese have eroded you know, their culture and their society to the point where you, all you do is cry, and they lead you away, and that means it's all right. But they have a chief uh, cabinet uh, secretary, Ukiyo, 
who says that now uh, they are recognizing the fact that uh, this is on the same level with Chernobyl. It's on the same level as Three Mile Island that I reminded you of uh, back in 1979. And Chernobyl, just to put it in order, is 1986. And everybody now is saying this is a major catastrophe. This is a disaster. And radiation is streaming into the atmosphere from the used uranium rods in what is reactor number four. A lot of you are becoming very familiar uh, with the terminology in one thing and the other. There was a 45-foot deep storage pool. You've got to keep these rods cool or they melt down. And, of course, that 45-foot deep pool all boiled away because the pumping stations had no power because they didn't have the backup generators were all swept away by the tsunami. And now they're saying that radioactivity uh, will be reaching as far as Great Britain. It's already uh, dropping, of course, in Southern California. Now, the U.N. says that uh, the radiation reaching America, quote, is about a billion times beneath health-threatening levels. I say again, this is cumulative. If it lands in your front yard, it doesn't go away. And so that is, and so in a week, in a month, in a year, uh, remember these, uh, they made movies about uh, people who uh, built housing projects on uh, chemical uh, storage plant drainage areas and uh, in trash piles, and they wonder why everybody uh, loses their hair and start getting uh, radiation sores and end up dying uh, from uh, being poisoned. Well, uh, what we need to do is, I think, they're saying and they're admitting now, it may only be that we will have a solution like Chernobyl. In Chernobyl, they now that was 1986, let's remember that, they buried everything just poured reinforced concrete more and more and more until they thought they had a giant sarcophagus to sort of put this radioactivity away. But do you know what Russia is doing in 2011 this year? They are putting a new cap on Chernobyl which is costing a tremendous amount of money because the radiation doesn't go away. And the heat and the reaction has cracked the cement cap that they have had on there and they have reinforced throughout the years since 1986. And so when the U.N. says that there's a billion times uh, less uh, uh, then danger falling on 
California. Well, hey, listen, California is just the first uh, state. (laughs) We got Oregon and Washington that's up there uh, to the north and uh, Nevada. And this we have all across the United States. And so when you, and I, matter of fact, I gave, I have a, a Navy uh, unit that has never been used. That is a, a major radiac machine. And I gave it to a friend the other day who said, yeah, he's willing. Uh, you got to assemble the thing, but then it will tell you, uh, not a dosimeter, not what the accumulation is, but what is the rate. The rate is very important. And I want to remind you uh, that this business, if you see it on the news, this sergeant's uh, name is Gibbs. Of course, Gibbs is a a familiar name for people that uh, watch uh, Naval Criminal Investigation, NCIS. Uh, He uh, actually, uh, the sergeant, Calvin R. Gibbs, uh, has been identified. He's in the 5th Striker Combat Brigade, 2nd Infantry Division. That's the Indian Head Division. They are based at Fort Lewis and the McCord, which is an Air Force base in uh, around SeaTac, Seattle-Tacoma area. And uh, now the evidence is clear that they just killed Afghan civilians uh, for the the heck of it, and that uh, Gibbs liked uh, collecting various body parts. Friends, I have seen this before. This is one reason why you don't want people where they are exposed to this kind of environment when you don't have to, because it brings out the devil. If the devil isn't in Chicago today or New York City or L.A., it's because the devil is overseas where this kind of merciless, disgusting, inhumane action can take place. And what is the answer It is for you to be aware so that you can uh, advise our elected officials on the problem and uh, the solution. And I thought maybe I would, uh, let me just glance over uh, this thing because it isn't interesting. It's in Newsweek. Newsweek recently uh, asked a 1,000 U.S. citizens to take our official citizenship test, 29% of the 1,000 U.S. citizens uh, couldn't name the vice president. 73% couldn't correctly say why we fought the Cold War. Well, I can, I was going to say, try to let them answer why we fought the Civil War, which, of course, was nothing civil about it at all. 44% were unable to define the Bill of Rights. 6% could not even identify when Independence Day is. 
and point it out on a calendar like July the 4th. And so when you see things like that, uh, you have to you have to wonder <laughs> about us, the United States. Anyway, uh, let me continue just to give you some of this stuff. It says, most experts agree that the relative complexity of the U.S. political system makes it hard for Americans to keep up. In many European countries and parliaments, uh, they have proportional representation in the majority party rules without having to share power with a lot of uh, subnational governments. Now, and so meaning like state and county and city, etc., and at all. But when you get people who cannot pass a citizenship test, then uh, it should be of a little, uh, just a little uh, concern. You know, if you know people who are in college or in high school. A 2010 World Public Opinion Survey found that Americans want to tackle deficits by cutting foreign aid. Yes. <laughs> From what they believe is the current level, 27% of the budget, to a more prudent 13%. The real number is under 1%. You know, I'm not so sure that that is correct. January, uh, 25CNN poll discovered that even though 71% of voters uh, want smaller government, vast majorities oppose cuts to Medicare, 81%, Social Security, 78%, Medicaid, 70%. Yeah, of course. And uh, why? Because people care more for themselves. You see, it's there is a, a patriotism, but then there's this selfish uh, side. And so let's stand up for America. Stay where you are with American Voice Radio so you don't miss anything. The brave men of the Green Beret, Silver Wing. American Voice Radio Network is heard on Galaxy 19 at 97 degrees west, transponder 23, frequency 12115, audio PID 2595. AVR is heard on the left side audio channel, and AVR2 is heard on the right side audio channel. Remember, both AVR and AVR2 are on Galaxy 19. Same network, double the choices. Prices have increased over 40%. Energy prices have increased over 20%. Wheat and gas prices have increased over 70%. What's going to be next? Do you see these trends reversing or even stabilizing? All fiat currencies have always failed and collapsed their economies on their way down. The Roman Empire, China, France, Argentina, Finland, Mexico, Russia, Zimbabwe all tried fiat currency and all collapsed into chaos. Meanwhile, the dollar has lost over 97% of its gold value since 1971 when an ounce of gold was valued at $35. 
If your assets are in paper, you are in danger. Protect your assets with gold and silver. Visit Discount Gold and Silver Trading at DGSCoins.com. That's DGSCoins.com or call 1-800-375-4188. That's 800-375-4188. Protect yourself and your family. Most people realize their body needs clean water to function properly. Pure is the cleanest water, also known as distilled water. Some frauds pushing fake science and ignorant people repeating their disinformation and half-truths will tell you distilled water leaches minerals from the body. What they fail to tell you is distilled water only attracts and flushes inorganic minerals from your body. These are minerals your body cannot process and can interfere with your proper body functions. Distilled water does flush these inorganic materials from your body and is an effective and natural way to cleanse your body. ABR sells a distiller that distills one gallon every three and a half hours. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com, click on the Superstore, go to the distiller, check the pricing and how to order, and watch the video explaining in detail why distilled water is pure water. Studies have shown that the farm soil we get our vegetables from is dead, meaning it is depleted of minerals. Sulfur is a mineral. Sulfur has been depleted from the soil, which means most people have been depleted of sulfur. Sulfur has been found to transport oxygen throughout the body. You need oxygen. You need organic sulfur. American Voice Radio Network has organic sulfur. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com and then to the Superstore to order your organic sulfur. It's your choice. Do you want to feel better or not? Don't forget to tune in to the Sulfur Hour Plus One on AmericanVoiceRadio.com, Thursdays, 6 p.m. Pacific. Welcome to the Constitutional Crusaders show. Uh, I'm, the, I'm your host, M. Roy Ben Shadler, and I made a huge mistake asking uh, a video installer to start installing about five minutes before the show began, and it's uh, got my computer going a little crazy, and I lost my screen right at a rather inopportune moment there for a few seconds. Made me kind of gasp, going, oh my goodness, how am I going to turn off the mute? Anyway, uh, today is Monday, March 28th. 2016 is the 3 o'clock hour here on the left coast. If you're listening some other time zone, obviously you're going to have to adjust accordingly. This is a live call-in show. 
calling in is not necessary. Thinking, however, is we, of course, still give that exemption to members of the Media Matters, the Southern Poverty Law Center, and those government agents that are paid to listen to this show. And we know you're out there listening. We've proved it time and time again. But we give an exemption to you having to think, because after all, if you were able to think, uh, you wouldn't have the job that you have right now. And requiring you to think would create a hostile work environment. We don't want to be responsible for that. If you'd like to call in, the number is real simple, 1-800-932-1980. You may also send an instant message directly to your host through Yahoo Instant Messenger ID, KC7AQK. And last week I announced that I might be a little light on material because of a conference that I had to go to. Well, not had to. I had the opportunity to go to. There, I I said that wrong the first time. And wow, uh, people came through and sent me all sorts of stuff. It it was actually a hard time figuring out, hmm, where do I want to go and uh, trying to sort it all out. And uh, I am not light by any stretch of the imagination. So it was really weird uh, to have that happen. Well, as is our want, We like to open up this show with the wisdom of the ages, also known as the dead white guy, quote, the only way to deal with an unfree world is to become so absolutely free that your very existence is an act of rebellion, end quote. I know that sounds an awful lot like H.L. Mencken. It sounds an awful lot like George Orwell. It sounds an awful lot like a lot of different people out there, but it's not. It was Albert Camus. So um, that was uh, really poignant, and it kind of sums up an awful lot of what we're talking about today. And we have 20 pages in the show newsletter, your calls, instant messages, whatever else happens to come across the transom, and we will get to as much of it as possible right after this little disclaimer. Warning, this show may be hazardous to your paradigms if you are a whiny, crying, liberal, pinko, commie bedwetter, an inept, overpaid bureaucrat, or are still mad over Reagan's tax cut. Should you fit into any one of the above categories, immediately have your friends tie you down for some truth therapy. Continue this therapy until you can dismiss your delusions and can deal with reality. If you cannot handle 100% pure, unadulterated truth, this radio show will not be held responsible for your predictable discomfort. Welcome back to the show. As I said, I had an opportunity to go up to Portland for a a convention of sorts, and I went there expecting certain things to be happening, and well, the the, the certain things that I was expecting to be happening, well, they did happen, but I ran into someone, and uh, 
I, I just have to share this with you because this was, this is a miracle to me, my friends. Uh, as long-term listeners of this show know, uh, over 36 weeks ago, I shattered my left arm. Since then, pain has been my nearly constant companion, pain and lack of movement. Well, I've heard of TENS units, uh, muscle stimulators, through neural stimulation, through muscle stimulation. But what I ran into was this lady that was proposing a, a new kind of device that's out there that is makes TENS units look like stone arrows and stone hatchets compared to titanium um, axes and uh, high-powered rifles. Uh, it, by comparison, it, it just was amazing. And she put one of these on me, and uh, within a few minutes, about 20 minutes, I was going from barely able to touching my nose with my thumb to having four, three fingers and my thumb on my face and reaching clear over my head in all three directions of your elbow joint. It was like amazing. Um, so if you're interested, if you have long-term chronic pain and you're interested in learning more, their website's pretty easy, www.erasingpain.com. I am absolutely finding out more about this, and I've already written for more information and how to uh, get more involved in it myself, because uh, this was, wow, altering, to say the least. Okay. Remember, my friends, otherwise, besides that, remember, my friends, my job is very simple. It's to comfort the disturbed and to disturb the comfortable. And I do it, well, like things like I just told you about. Uh, when I find out something that's life-altering, life-changing, and watching and seeing how well it worked for me, well, sharing it with you so you know about it, too. Okay? Uh, so... Let's get right into it, shall we? Mar Michael Bargo writes a rather interesting blog, and this one is entitled, The Rise of America's Liberalist Class. He starts out by start stating that Karl Marx wrote Das Kapital to describe how a new class of powerful, Wealthy people had emerged in England during the Industrial Revolution. They did not need to inherit large tracts of land or have the power to force serfs to pay annual tithes in order to gain wealth. No, these sources, those sources of wealth were already taken. They gained their power through the growth of the industrial economy. Historically, governments have been rooted in and economically dependent upon geographic territory for their existence and power. The landed gentry, those who were already seizing the wealth of the working class, didn't bother to get involved in the Industrial Revolution since they were already controlling things. 
They figured out they would just go along with the Industrial Revolution and tax the industrialists, just as nobles had exploited the serfs. Marx pointed out that capitalists had similarly exploited their workers. In the past half century, however, the liberalist has replaced the capitalist as the person who economically exploits the middle class. The term liberalist should now be used to denote anyone who profits from public pensions or the regulatory power of government. In other words, my friends, it's a new way to look at the crony capitalist. They are a liberalist. America has a liberalist class because its economy has been prosperous enough to finance it. Poor nations do not have economics with GDPs measured by trillions of dollars. The U.S. economy has, up to now, been large enough to subsidize the liberalist class who, unlike capitalists, do not create firms in the private sector or create jobs. The only jobs they create are jobs for more liberalists, forced financed through taxation. One would expect that liberalism would want to grow the tax pace in order to support its own growth. This is because liberalism does not create wealth. It just exploits the private sector in order to obtain wealth. They can also increase their wealth through governmental manipulation of two things. One, public financial policy, and two, the banking system. This exploitation has escalated so rapidly in the last 10 years that the taxpayers can no longer afford to support the liberalist class. An important factor in the distribution of economic and political power was the introduction of state-sanctioned banks. Oh, sorry about that. The first bank was the Bank of England. Banks enabled industrialists to borrow money to invest in the expansion of their firms. Productivity involves two components, labor and capital. Marx focused on the labor aspect of it and blamed capitalists for exploiting labor. The wealth seized by liberalists through borrowing and taxation now exceeds $32 trillion dollars. An amount obtained when one honestly adds the $4.6 trillion of Treasury debt, the $8.3 trillion of public pension and municipal bond debt, and the $19 trillion of national debt. By comparison, private firms must produce marketable products, or they will be forced into downsizing, liquidation, and or bankruptcy. So, liberalism is the latest socio-political economic model for transferring wealth from one class of people to another using the two biggest sources of power to move income, banks and governmental power. While government controls banking, it does not have absolute control over the allocation of political power. In order to gain power... Liberalists had to convince voters, through the use of liberal ideology, to transfer power to them. Then, once liberalists amassed more power through public service sector unions, the overall strategy is to gain political power 
and then use that power to create government policies that further extend their power and influence into the future. Liberalists have used the power of the federal entitlement programs to build up their public sector unions and make minority groups beholden to them through the distribution of wealth obtained from others. This is the storyline behind the successful rise of liberalism, how and why it was done, and why workers are now suffering through the exploitation of their incomes through local property taxes, high income taxes, and high college tuition. All of these taxes, yes, high college tuition is a tax, my friends. All of these taxes are nothing but wealth transfers to the liberalists. This is a proven by the fact that there are now 10 cities in Illinois where all the property taxes taken from workers go only to liberalist pensions. And in Illinois, 53% of the tuition paid by workers to public universities goes to liberalists. They have successfully, if stealthily, seized the wealth of workers just as capitalists are portrayed as exploiting the labor of workers. In both cases, exploitation is involved. In capitalism, what drives people to work is the motivating factor of the desire families have to provide themselves with a living. In liberalism, the motivating factor is to take the income of workers employed by capitalists. Hmm, pretty sweet deal, huh? America's economy is rapidly changing from a capitalist economy to a liberalist economy, government financing of liberalists now consumes over 40% of the nation's GDP. Let me repeat that. Government financing of liberalists now consumes over 40% of the nation's GDP, and there are no economic or political factors influential enough to limit further growth. Anti-monopoly laws established in the late 1800s, limiting the growth of corporations, but no laws now exist to limit the growth of government. 31 states have provisions in their state constitutions stating that government pensions benefits cannot be diminished or impaired. Imagine that. The liberalist rules America, not the capitalist. A liberalist, like a capitalist, is an individual person. The capitalist must utilize the laws of supply and demand, economy of scale, price theory, and respond to market demands to be successful. These economic laws have an objective existence of their own. In contrast, however, the rules of liberalism have been developed from the basic framework of Marxism, empowered by progressive rhetoric to seize power and wealth. Liberal concepts are open-ended, so the wealth they can amass is unbounded. Workers have more to fear from liberalists than capitalists, since liberalists have the power to change the rules of their game, while capitalists cannot. Well, except for the crony capitalists, but they are so close to liberalists that it isn't funny if, if you haven't caught on by that by now, well, then you haven't been listening very carefully. So this makes liberalists 
immune to the economy. Their pensions are immune to change. Like I just said, you know, 31 states, you know, thou shalt not change public sector uh, uh, retirement funds, pension funds, you know. Liberals can seize workers' incomes if they don't pay for their retirement plans and taxes don't go down. Hmm. So, you know, bingo. Just They just grab your home and and then you're out, but the but the taxes they don't go down, and the liberalist money that doesn't go down. Nope, nope, nope. Capitalism, on the other hand, has financial limits. Liberalism does not. In fact, liberalism broke the rules of home mortgage lending and used financial engineering to expand their wealth at the expense of the working class. The capitalist has been replaced by the liberalist as the politically elite class with overwhelming power and wealth. Liberalism and capitalism seem to be at odds with each other, but because liberalism has no natural economic constraints and uses the power of government to enable itself to violate the financial rules governing the private sector, liberalism has won out. The American worker has lost. Events have come full circle. Liberals use the power of government to seize control of your real estate by forcing you to rent it from them through real estate taxes. They force college students to pay their pensions through tuition at public universities. So while the Middle Ages government seized control of real estate to get rich, now we are back, only this time, Liberals seize control of the real estate in the largest cities and states, and they are the exploiters. The removal of the liberalist control of government is essential to restoring economic opportunity to America's working class. In fact, were Karl Marx alive today, he would write, Das Liberal. There you go, my friends. Now, from the, in case there was some doubt in your minds files we read we searched hillary's emails and her relationship with are you ready for this rothschild slash rockefeller is now on full display mm-hmm hillary clinton has been been deemed a sure bet for the White House, as it's widely speculated the inflammatory Donald Trump and socialist-leaning Bernie Sanders stray too far from establishment politics to be truly electable. But it wasn't until an examination using WikiLeaks' searchable archive of Clinton's emails that the establishment's love of the Democratic war hawk became truly apparent. Buried in thousands of the former Secretary of State's emails sent via her personal server are intimations of her close relationship with the infamous Rothschild banking family and hints for a potential Rockefeller State partnership. Lynn Forrester de Rothschild wrote in an email on April 18, 2010, in which she tells Hillary she would, quote, love to catch up, end quote, end quote, I remain your loyal, adoring pal, end quote. 
Clinton responds with, quote, let's make that happen. And then she signs her response, quote, much love, H, end quote. On September 23, 2010, Clinton emailed Lynn Forrester de Rothschild, an email chain marked by heavy redaction, saying, quote, I was trying to reach you to tell you that, and Teddy, that I asked Tony Blair to go to Israel as part of your full court press on keeping the Middle East negotiations going, end quote. Rothschild responds, thanking Clinton for, quote, personally reaching out to us and adds, quote, you are the best and we remain your biggest fans. So do you see how this is working, my friends? Mm-hmm. A January 9th. 2012 email discusses a conference on the environment set to take place at Jacob Rothschild's historic estate, Wadison. On New Year's Eve 2012, Eric Forrester de Rothschild, or Lynn Forrester de Rothschild, sent an email to Clinton, quote, praying for her speedy recovery, and quote, my email box is lighting up with all the Pumas and their 18 million prayers for a Hillary campaign, end quote. That's what the email said, which is signed, Love, Lynn, Evelyn, Ben, and Jake, end quote. Mm. An email to Clinton dated October 15, 2009, from Melaine Vivier, former director of President Obama's Secretary Department Office for Global Women's Issue and longtime Clinton Family Insider states, quote, speaking at UNESCO Monday with the new director of the unfinished Beijing agenda redacted, called to say she wants to give us several million dollars to subsidize a fund to give an annual award for innovation in empowering women that would be a Rockefeller State Partnership, end quote. Mm-hmm. You see where this is all going, my friends? It's, you know, all these people that say, oh, you know, well, Hillary, she's, she's just bumbling. She, she, she wouldn't do any harm. Uh, she's just a woman. Uh, after all, you know, after all, all this time, what difference does it make? You've heard it. I'm sure you've heard it. Well, now you're hearing some of the backstory of why anyone who thinks these sort of things needs to have their head examined, heavily examined, because they are not aware of the ties between these people and the puppet masters that will control them once they get inside. Because that's what I'm trying to expose to you, my friends, that the puppet masters behind the scenes are very much alive and well, but it wasn't until such things as emails and then Hillary leaving them on an unsecured server that anyone could hack into, well, <clears throat> hello, <laughs> that's how we're finding out about it firsthand. Well, you're listening to the Constitutional Crusader Show on the American Voice Radio Network. Don't you go anywhere. We will be right back.
United States, kings have sought it, nations have fought for it. It has been traded, borrowed, purchased, and stolen. There is a reason for it. To secure the blessings of liberty to ourselves and our posterity, invest with the security of gold and silver. Call Discount Gold and Silver Trading at 1-800-375-4188. That's 1-800-375-4188. Listen to Financial Survival with your host, Melody Cedarstrom, on American Voice Radio Network and Shortwave Radio. Visit DiscountGoldAndSilverTrading.net or call 1-800-375-4188. That's 1-800-375-4188. For the very best in gold and silver trading, call toll-free 1-800-375-4188. That's 1-800-375-4188. Call now. make the aspirin mistake. Aspirin was discovered by mistake during World War II and suppresses your immune system and prevents blood clotting. Don't expose your body to risk when you can use a natural inflammation and pain reliever called Extra Strength Pain Relief by Apothecary Herbs. Discover the power this formula has with Salicin to enter the system in 60 seconds to work hard and relieve pain for 12 hours. Whether it's arthritis, sports injury, or flu, you can relieve aches, pain, and swelling with our Extra Strength Pain Relief Formula. Call Apothecary Herbs now, toll-free, 866-229-3663. That's 866-229-3663. International callers dial 704-875-8010 or order online at the www.thepowerherbs.com. Studies have shown that the farm soil we get our vegetables from is dead, meaning it is depleted of minerals. Sulfur is a mineral. Sulfur has been depleted from the soil, which means most people have been depleted of sulfur. Sulfur has been found to transport oxygen throughout the body. You need oxygen. You need organic sulfur. American Voice Radio Network has organic sulfur. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com and then to the Superstore to order your organic sulfur. It's your choice. Do you want to feel better or not? Don't forget to tune in to the Sulfur Hour Plus One on AmericanVoiceRadio.com, Thursdays, 6 p.m. Pacific. Crusader Show on the American Voice Radio Network. I'm your host, M. Roy Ben Shuttler. It's still Monday, March 28th, 2016. It's 3.30 or so-ish here on the left coast. And this is still a live call-in show. If you'd like to call in, the number is simple, 1-800-932-1980, or you may send an instant message via Yahoo Instant Messenger ID KC7AQK. To wrap up some more of the exposés of Hillary's email server, let me give you just a couple more things here. On March 10th, 2012, 
Verveer hints at least at a possible locale for Hillary's future endeavors by emailing saying, quote, I forgot to tell you that Judith Roden offered you a suite of offices after you leave state for your own use at the Rockefeller Foundation if you're interested, with no strings attached. She's also said they'd be happy to provide you with a month at their center in Bellagio if you just want to read and write in a beautiful place, end quote. Now, that's that's the end of the the this little expose here, and none of though none of the emails that the Free Thought Project, which is who produced this little piece here, examined apparently overtly damning, thanks in part to sometimes heavy redaction, of course, the evidence of Clinton's effort or comfort with the establishment lends credence to theories of her being the chosen candidate. Numerous emails evidence Hillary's staff careful monitoring and even manipulating lamestream news outlets as well. For example, Lynn F. de Rothschilds told Hillary in August 2009 about a fluff piece journalist, Les Gelb, who was eager to pen for Parade magazine. And other emails show an almost paranoid-eyed Clinton kept trained on the Tea Party and its journalists and mouthpieces. So, to reiterate, nothing particular damning in and of itself was found in this admittedly cursory search, but the relationship these emails document alone evidence Hillary's concrete establishment roots. So, while Trump infuriates the GOP and Sanders' popular support lacks translation in the delegate votes, perhaps these documents support the popular theory Hillary Clinton will be the next president, no matter what. <laughs> so, you know, just, just a thought, my friends. Uh, I know it's a scary thought, but you know, time will tell whether this is true or not. And it's just a matter of, well, it's just a matter of lifting up the, the curtain and looking behind and seeing the guy pulling the levers, okay? You know, switching gears a little bit, there's nothing like a reformed liberal. You know, sort of like a reformed smoker, you know, who then can't stand other people who smoke because uh of the reaction that they get from being around them. Well, it's the same thing with reformed liberals. So let's hear from a reformed liberal as he exposes what he now thinks of Obama, shall we? He says, B.O.'s incompetence has transported America back to the 1960s. He opens up by, with a, by way of introduction, saying, I was a kind of easy rider in the 60s. Not that I had a Harley. I was a rich Jewish kid in Great Neck. I was in the suburbs of my entitlement. I was my dad's dream of being rich. I was not Dennis Hopper or Peter Fonda, but when I saw the way the rednecks treated them, I wanted to kill Southerners. I was hatred in a pile of leaves, burning on my sloped lawn, beneath my mansion. 
I was a limousine liberal who used to steal his car out at night before he was 17. I was all about education and never getting a job. I was independent due to my dad's bankroll. I hated the industrial military complex because I didn't want a job. I was lazy as only the son of a liberal could be. I was afraid of getting a leg blown off in Nam like my good-looking friend did. I was a sack of fake dreams that I slung over my shoulder and kicked down the road of irresponsibility, you know, like Charlie Chaplin. I hated Republicans, even though I didn't know a thing about them. I never worked, not even a summer job. I was a permanent student, pulling lint out of my navel and calling it wisdom. I was prejudiced against conservative ideas. I hated the right wing because I couldn't distinguish it from the far different fascists of Germany. I failed to see that in America, the right wing was for establishing values, not killing Jews. These days, the communists call Trump a Nazi. I've never known Trump to lock people up in concentration camps. Oh, that's right. That was Democrat FDR locking up the Japanese. Then again, liberal Jews are always blaming the right. While liberals blame the right, the left sneaks in and kills them. Obama threatens to blow Israel's planes out of the sky if they attack Iran's nuclear reactors. Now Obama is setting up Netanyahu's demise. And the Jews, supposed to be smart and backing him, just to prove they are not prejudiced against blacks. Liberals, are you Halloween masks for treason? Hmm. All the left-wing haters forgot that Lincoln was a Republican and that the Southern Democrats were the meat and potatoes of the Ku Klux Klan. The Democrats love themselves so much that they can't distinguish making love to a woman from a narcissistic hand job or the failed differences of same-sex marriage. Obama has dropped us back into the curb of the 60s. It has returned to us a failed generation. He has the lack of imagination of adult, a redundant etch in the sketch of uh, the idea of a failed president. Obama, thy name is the generous thoughts and the accidental deeds of the deadly apocalypse. Wow, I wish this guy would tell us what he really thinks. <laughs> that, was, that was pretty damn good. Okay, from the I told you so files, now we have the proof of the matter, my friends. Have you heard about this? Top advisor to Richard Nixon admitted that the <clears throat> war on drugs was a policy tool to go after anti-war protesters and black people. This, my friends, is from all places the New York Daily News. We read, the war on drugs was actually a political tool to crush leftist protesters and black people. A former white, Nixon White House advisor admitted in a decades-old interview published just last 
well, not last Tuesday, but the Tuesday before that. John Ehrlichman, who served as President Richard Nixon's domestic policy chief, laid bare the sinister use of his boss's controversial policy in a 1994 interview with journalist Dan Baum that the writer revisited in a new article for Harper's Magazine. Quote, you want to know what this is really all about? Eric Min, who died in 1999, said in the interview after Baum asked him about Nixon's harsh anti-drug policies, he said, quote, the Nixon campaign in 1968 and the Nixon White House after that had two enemies, the anti-war left and black people. You understand what I'm saying? Ehrlichman continued. And he goes on saying, quote, we knew we couldn't make it illegal to be either against the war or blacks, but by getting the public to associate the hippies with marijuana and blacks with heroin, then criminalizing both heavily, we could disrupt those communities. We could arrest their leaders, raid their homes, break in their meetings, and vilify them night after night on the evening news. Did we know we were lying about the drugs? Of course we did, end quote. Ehrlichman served 18 months in prison after being convicted of conspiracy and perjury for his role in Watergate scandal that toppled his boss. The Reverend Al Sharpton said Ehrlichman's comments proved that what black people had believed for decades. And my friends, this marked the date March 28, 2016, Reverend Sharpton is saying something that I have very little difficulty disagreeing with, my friends. In fact, I agree with him an awful lot here. So that's what I'm saying. Mark the date here. He said, quote, this is a frightening confirmation of what many of us have been saying for years, that this was a real attempt by government to demonize and criminalize a race of people. And when we would raise the question over that targeting, we were accused of all kinds of things, from harboring criminality to being un-American and trying to politicize a legitimate concern, end quote. Sharpton told the Daily News in 1971, Nixon labeled drug abuse as public enemy number one. Remember that? I do. And he signed the Comprehensive Drug Abuse Prevention Control Act, putting into place several new laws that cracked down on drug users. He also created the Drug Enforcement Administration, DEA. By 1973, about 300,000 people were being arrested every year under the law, the majority of whom were blacks. The drug war was continued in various forms by every president since, including President Ronald Reagan, and you may remember his wife Nancy, called for people to just say no. Ehrlichman's 22-year comment resurfaced earlier this month, after Baum wrote about them in a cover story for the April issue of Harper's titled Legalize It All, in which he argues in favor of legalizing hard drugs. 
The original 1994 interview with Ehrlichman was part of Baum's research for his 1997 book, Smoke and Mirrors, The War on Drugs and the Politics of Failure, in which Baum laid bare decades of unsuccessful drug policy. But the quotes never appeared in that book. Baum said he excluded the jaw-dropping quotes because they, quote, didn't fit, end quote. He said, quote, there are no authoritor, there are no authorial interviews in Smoke and Mirrors at all. It's written to put the reader in the room as events transpire, Baum told the Huffington Puffington Post via email, concluding, saying, therefore, the quote didn't fit. It didn't change all the reporting I did for the book, though it changed the way I worked thereafter, end quote. You know, my friends, this is the... How, how to put this? This is the uh, I don't I don't know how to put it, my friends. It's it's the a major bombshell. Here you have a reporter doing a bombshell interview where a guy is admitting to something that has literally destroyed hundreds of thousands of families since that time it was created, and he says. It wasn't important to print, you know, what the heck? Okay, Uh, Miss D in Oregon writes and says, now they are using drugs and drug use as a way to control all of us, take away guns, label us as mentally unstable because of even prescribed drugs. And it used to be that we took care of our own and we could afford to before all the prices were driven up. I don't use drugs, but I have long been angry over the government's manipulation. Well said, Miss D. Exactly. And that's exactly what we're talking about here. Um, uh, Let me find my place again. There we are. Uh, The shocking interview with Ehrlichman's later surfaced in a 2012 compendium of, quote, wild, poignant, life-changing stories, end quote, from various writers that was entitled The Moment, but the quotes received little media attention. Many politicals have summarized that Ehrlichman, who would die five years later, made the stark revelations because he was angry Nixon never pardoned him of his Watergate-related offenses. Sharpton said the damage done on the war on drugs' cruel policies doomed generations of black people, concluding by saying, quote, Think of all the lives and families that were ruined and absolutely devastated only because they were caught in a racial net from the highest end reaches of government, end quote. There you go, my friends. I have been saying for the longest time that the fake war on drugs was completely concocted and fabricated out of thin air. I just didn't have any real hard proof until now. Now we have hard proof of a long dead uh, White House advisor admitting, hey, this is the way we did it and why we did it and how we did it. OMG, my friends. <laughs> there, there it is. Oh, we have another instant message. Let's see what we got here. Click, 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 click. Um, 
anyone taking prescription, quote-unquote, allopathic petroleum-based psychotropic drugs really are mentally disabled. Yeah, well, I can tell you, my friends, I was on um, uh, these kind of antique uh, supposed painkillers, synthetic uh, um, narcotics for 28 weeks. And that ended, you know, uh, about a month and a half ago now, okay? Um, And I can tell you just 28 solid weeks of heavy use of those drugs have left me at times searching for the word to describe what I'm trying to talk about and frustrated because I know what it is the word that is, but I can't remember it because it's destroyed my ability to associate my thoughts with my word bank. So, yes, it affects you dramatically, terribly it affects you. And it's just, it's frustrating because what was my choices at the time? The uh, excruciating pain or the relief of the pain, you know, that's were my choices. And so, you know, I, I took the relief of the pain and even though it was only a partial relief, at least I could somewhat function. Now the after effects, well, like I, I said, I, I'd be repeating myself um, or yeah, well, yeah, take a boozing up, you know, rather have a bottle in front of me than have to have a frontal lobotomy. Yeah, exactly. Uh, anyway, I digress. Okay. Um, hmm, I think we got enough time for this. This is pretty short. From the surprise, surprise, surprise files, anti-Trump protesters admit they were hired on Craigslist being paid to protest. Well, 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 how the tables have turned. Looks like anti-Trump protesters sold their souls on Craigslist for the job. However, ouch for getting caught. Uh, I mean, how can you tell people, hey, I got paid to smear someone else's image, hurt people, scare people, and threaten people for a little cash, and still walk around the public like being able to hold your head up? Hmm? The Daily Caller reported it this way. False flag operations have long been common in politics, but these riots are poisonous to the electorate. Electorate, excuse me, intentionally designed to turn violent and stifle free speech. This free speech busting goon squad operation is directed by supporters of Hillary Clinton, is paid for mostly by George Soros and MoveOn.org, and pushed by David Brock at, oh, gee whiz, our good friends at Media Matters for America. It's also funded by reclusive billionaire Jonathan Lewis, who is identified in the Miami New Times as a mystery man. He inherited roughly a billion dollars from his father, Peter Lewis, founder of Progressive Insurance Company. A march and demonstration against Trump at Trump Tower essentially fizzled Saturday when only 500, quote, protesters, end quote, of the promised 5,000 showed up. Infiltrating the crowd, this reporter learned most were from MoveOn.org or the Occupy movement, 
Soap was definitely in short supply in this crowd, and several admitted answering Craigslist ads paying 16 bucks an hour for protesters. Quote, several Trump protesters admitted answering a Craigslist ad paying 16 bucks an hour for protesters, end quote, writes Ann Coulter saying, what the heck is up with that? Well, Craigslist, you know, where you can now buy and sell protesters for your cause. Good grief. Well, my friends, when we come back, well, actually, it looks like I still have plenty of time here. Okay, I'll just get started here. What to do about this? You know, I don't like to just put out news and doom and gloom without giving you an idea of what to do about it, okay? So what to do about this? Hmm. Well, George Washington professor writes on the Soros activists shutting down the roads, he says it's time to start suing the bastards. Yes, Americans better start fighting back against these people who are shutting down our public roads by hitting these thugs where it really hurts in their personal wallets. Otherwise, we will continue to see increased violence that's being blamed on pro-Trump supporters in the media. Any Trump activist who protested his planned appearance in Arizona by blocking a limited access highway and creating a traffic nightmare with cars backed up for miles, according to the New York Daily News, could be sued in class action lawsuits for massive damages modeled after suits filed against those who similarly illegally blocked traffic on the George Washington Bridge and judgments against other illegal protesters, says public interest law professor John Banshoff. Within the mainstream media, continuing to blame Trump supporters for the efforts of their opponents to shut down their free speech rights, it may be time to adopt the tactics the left favors to get its way. Lawsuits. That's the suggestion that John Van Zapp has, who is a George Washington University law professor who defies categorization politically, but is often labeled a gadfly. Hmm, that's a very interesting title. It's a title that's been applied to me on several occasions. In fact, the first time it was applied, oh, almost 30 years ago, I didn't know what a gadfly is. I admit it. I had to go look it up. I was like, what the heck is a gadfly? And I went and looked it up, read the definition, and I went, oh, thank you. What a high compliment. I really appreciate that. Thank you. (laughs) Because once I read it, I was like, yeah, that's me. Hello. (laughs) Exactly. So anyway, so this guy, like I say, he's kind of like me. He's been labeled a gadfly. And Bounds Half has half, half, no L, Bounds Half had predicted and later helped inspire 
two different class action lawsuits seeking millions in civil damages were brought by persons stuck in the massive traffic jams at New York City's George Washington Bridge, which illegally caused by former aides to Governor Chris Christie. We have an instant message here. What do we got here? Let's see. Um, so what's the deal here? If I stand in the highway, the stop sign, and hold traffic, I get arrested. But if George Soros pays me to do it, you're good? Well, if George Soros pays you to do it, you know, well, actually, that's the point. Uh, you're paid to be a protester and, well, as Bansoff is saying here, suing them. Suing him, and and evidently, as the article explains, which now I see I'm not going to have enough time to really get into that right here at this time, but as the article explains, you go and you sue him, and then you get the protesters themselves, or at the very least, their ringleaders, as they can be found and identified, and you hit them personally and shut them down. It's sort of like what should be done to police officers that uh, wrong you. And when you sue, it's the department and their insurance that picks up um, the the tab for the suit. Uh, okay, question, why not sue Soros? Well, Soros has such deep, deep pockets that he could keep the lawsuit going for decades. We don't have decades here. But your average rent-a-mob protester doesn't have the the money in deep pockets, okay? Uh, anyway, I'll explain more on the other side of the break. This is the Constitutional Crusader on the American Voice Radio Network. Don't you go anywhere. We will be right back. have increased over 40%. Energy prices have increased over 20%. Wheat and gas prices have increased over 70%. What's going to be next? Do you see these trends reversing or even stabilizing? All fiat currencies have always failed and collapsed their economies on their way down. The Roman Empire, China, France, Argentina, Finland, Mexico, Russia, Zimbabwe all tried fiat currency and all collapsed into chaos. Meanwhile, the dollar has lost over 97% of its gold value since 1971 when an ounce of gold was valued at $35. If your assets are in paper, you are in danger. Protect your assets with gold and silver. Visit Discount Gold and Silver Trading at DGSCoins.com. That's DGSCoins.com or call 1-800-375-4188. That's 800-375-4188. Protect yourself and your family.
Studies have shown that the farm soil we get our vegetables from is dead, meaning it is depleted of minerals. Sulfur is a mineral. Sulfur has been depleted from the soil, which means most people have been depleted of sulfur. Sulfur has been found to transport oxygen throughout the body. You need oxygen. You need organic sulfur. American Voice Radio Network has organic sulfur. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com and then to the Superstore to order your organic sulfur. It's your choice. Do you want to feel better or not? Don't forget to tune in to the Sulfur Hour Plus One on AmericanVoiceRadio.com, Thursdays, 6 p.m. Pacific. Most people realize their body needs clean water to function properly. Pure is the cleanest water, also known as distilled water. Some frauds pushing fake science and ignorant people repeating their disinformation and half-truths will tell you distilled water leaches minerals from the body. What they fail to tell you is distilled water only attracts and flushes inorganic minerals from your body. These are minerals your body cannot process and can interfere with your proper body functions. Distilled water does flush these inorganic materials from your body and is an effective and natural way to cleanse your body. AVR sells a distiller that distills one gallon every three and a half hours. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com, click on the Superstore, go to the distiller, check the pricing and how to order, and watch the video explaining in detail why distilled water is pure water. Warning. If you're here to feel good about government, if you believe that people in office actually care about your well-being, if you believe that statutes and codes are God's gift to man, this show is not for you. If you believe NBC, CNN, Faux News, and the like actually report real news, this show is not for you. This... is a proper place where those beliefs need disposal of. So if you decide to stick around, this show will not be responsible for your mental instability. If you're brave enough to call in, this is your warning. You best bring facts to the discussion. Okay, there we go. I had to find the mute button to turn it off. Uh, welcome back to the Constitutional Crusaders show on the American Voice Radio Network. I'm your host, M. Roy Ben Shadler. Today is still Monday, March 28, 2016. It is the 4 o'clock hour out here on the left coast. If you're listening in some other time zone, obviously you're going to have to adjust accordingly. If you, This is a live call-in show. If you'd like to call in, it's real simple. You dial 1-800-932-1980. Or you may send an instant message via Yahoo Instant Messenger ID KC7AQK directly to me. Uh, we, of course, don't require you to call in. We do require you to think. We do give that exemption to uh, Media Matters and MoveOn.org, and as well as those government agents that are paid to listen to this show, because after all, if we required them to think, it would create a hostile work environment. Okay. I evidently stirred up a real hornet's nest here, talking about 
suing the protesters. The literal, as I showed with another article, the literal rent-a-mob crowd, which has been hired on Craigslist by organizations funded by George Soros, and we have identified exactly who they are and where George, where they get their money from George Soros. Um, and the idea of how to deal with these, uh, the mo- these modern incarnation of Germany's brown shirts, which did the exact same thing, my friends. And when the the liberalists uh, scream, "Oh, you're just a bunch of Nazis!" Just look at them and say, "Excuse me." You're the ones who are the Nazis because Nazis were socialists and you're socialists and you're doing exactly what the Nazis did with the brown shirts, stifling free speech by preventing people from rightfully going to a political rally that they want to go to. So. Anyway, as I was saying, I evidently stirred up a little bit of a hornet's nest. Several people have sent me messages. I mean, like, calm down and listen. Listen here to the end. Because it's not, the point is not to hammer the poor folk, but to hammer the rent-a-mob crowd who are deliberately making themselves poor like that. 60s liberal that I read about earlier who described his childhood that he was the professional student, the professional protester, the professional agitator and yeah, he was poor all right, Uh uh-huh so, back to the story and the end of it and you'll see where this does in its own way hurt George Soros so hang on, so here we go the guy's name is George Washington University professor Banshoff, and he says that in suing the bastards, it may be the most effective way to help deter illegal protest, noting that slap-on-the-wrist criminal fines usually aren't very effective, especially since it sometimes also helps to give illegal protesters a soapbox to air their grievances in criminal trials. The lead protester who chained her neck to a pickup truck was George Soros' paid operative, Janika Gonzalez from New Orleans. But the tide may already be turning, says Banshaft, citing these examples. When other groups see that the Sea Shepherd Conservation Society has been forced to pay $255 million to Japanese companies for illegally using acid and smoke bombs to disrupt their whaling, they may think twice before blocking traffic to advance their agenda, says, says Banshaft, who has promoted the idea and the very slogan of suing the bastards when the law is broken. In another example, a student who illegally chained himself to some construction equipment because he opposed an oil pipeline was forced to pay out big bucks for his criminal conduct. As NPR reported it, he was apparently ready to accept a relatively painless conviction for trespass, but not to pay the pipeline company thirty-nine grand in restitution. Similarly, 
11 protesters who allegedly engaged in illegal activities at the Mall of America are now facing restitution claims from the city of Bloomington. In these and many similar situations, protesters are often willing to accept a small misdemeanor fine or a conviction for a chance to focus attention on their cause, especially if it means they get to have a show trial, a criminal trial, which generates even more publicity for them and their grievances, argues Bonshaft. While most of these actions against criminal protests have been brought by businesses, there's no reason why similar legal actions cannot also be brought up by any person falsely imprisoned on that Arizona highway, as was the case with one of the two George Washington Bridge suits. Using the threat, of legal actions is a far better and more American way of deterring illegal protests than engaging in physical violence against them, as some Trump supporters have apparently already do- have done, says, says Banshaf. Well, that's the end of the article. But the, my notes here that I've got here that I want to make sure I brought these things up, my friends, remind me that there are several other things that can be done as part of of the lawsuit. For example, one that was brought up by several of you via instant messenger is the idea of using um, uh, injunctions in, compl- in, in conjunction with the lawsuit. Yes, that's very good. But another is the associative clauses that when you have uh, a dozen or more ringleaders blocking the highway or orchestrating the blocking of the highway, you find out that they're employed by moveon.org or Black Lives Matter or uh, the Occupy Movement, and then you show how those organizations are 99% funded by George Soros, and now it's like, well, guess what? Since George Soros is funding it, they have practically unlimited uh, budget, so now we can hit them for treble damages. So while the protesters may be hit with a fine of 30 to 40 grand a head, then you get 10 or 15 of them and hit each one of them with uh, 30 to 40 grand a head. And now you multiply that, all that summed up by three and apply it to the people paying them. You see where this is going, my friends? All of a sudden, You're talking some real big money here, but the injunction and the immediate stoppage of these, or at the very least, the slowdown, because other protesters will go, oh, uh, gee whiz, uh, uh, do I I really want to go out there and join all those protesters, or do I want to just... do I just want to sit here and, oh, man, just, just sit here and chill out a little bit and just watch them? Oh, man, just sit there and watch them. Um, so, anyway, okay, okay, I'm being asked, Rico, Rico, hang on, let me see what this is saying here. So, do you think a Rico suit could be filed against Soros? After the Rico suit would come 
after you've nailed the people at Move On, after you've mailed, nailed the people at BLM, after you've nailed the people from Occupy, after you've nailed the people from any one of the other 23 organizations that George Soros funds, which are professional rent-a-mob crowds, my friends. Um, And then, gee whiz, when you've done it successfully to seven, eight, a dozen or more of them, Hmm, what's the pattern here? All funded by George Soros, which, yes, makes him the kingpin. Yes, but it's got to start somewhere. And while some, and I admit, you know, to some people it may sound like this is going after the little people. No, it, it may sound like it's going after the little people, but the people that are answering these ads are not your typical little people. They are organized agitators, active agitators. That's all they do for a quote-unquote living is being an act, act, agitator, activist. Now, now some, I know, I can hear it, I can hear it. Okay, quiet down, quiet down, quiet down, class, settle down. Yes, your host is an agitator. I admit it. But I don't try and shut down people's free speech rights. You know, I give out the phone number for crying out loud. You got something to say? Call up. You got something to say? Write to me. Hello? I'm not shutting you down. I'm not preventing you. I'm not saying, no, you can't say that. No, I opened it up. There you go. But you better be prepared with some facts back yourself up because just empty rhetoric and screaming is not going to be tolerated. Okay. So yes, I admit I'm an agitator too. And, but I'm not a professional paid agitator like these people. Okay. So hmm, there now let's move to government. Shall we? Chris Ann Hall. She regularly posts Points to ponder. This point to ponder is very good at showing the circularity logic of government. Are you ready? This is how the federal government gets out of control. Step by step, my friends. Step one, Congress creates an act that expands federal power beyond the limits of the Constitution. For example, the Agricultural Adjustment Act of 1938. This act limited the area of land a farmer could devote to the production of wheat. The purpose was supposedly to manipulate the economy by, quote-unquote, stabilizing the price of wheat by controlling the amount produced. Number two, Mr. Philburn grows wheat on his own property for his own private consumption. The federal government claims violation of the Agricultural Adjustment Act of 1938. Number three, the Supreme Court then fabricates a justification using previous case law and expansive logic to break constitutional boundaries. See Wickard versus Philburn, 317 U.S. 1911, 1942. Excuse me, 
317 U.S. 111. Then 1942 is the date. I combined those. I apologize. Now, under that, we get A. The Supreme Court decided that since the Commerce Clause states that the federal government has authority to regulate commerce among the several states, that equates to manipulating prices of commerce. Then B, the Supreme Court then decides that since the Commerce Clause gives the federal government authority to, quote, regulate commerce among the several states, end quote, they also have the authority to manipulate pricing of that commerce. Then C, the Supreme Court then claims that since the federal government has the authority to regulate and manipulate commerce among the states, that means they have the authority to regulate commerce within the states. Then finally, D, the Supreme Court then reasons, quote-unquote, that since the federal government has the authority to regulate commerce and manipulate prices of good within the state, the federal government also has the authority to tell private landowners what they can and cannot do on their own land. Then we end up at number four. For decades, the Supreme Court used their own opinions outside the Constitution to create greater expansions of federal power, creating an unlimited authority of the Supreme Court over all aspects of state, personal, and private property. Not just wheat, but anything we make, grow, or consume. And then number five, government schools from K-12 through law school teach the unquestionable authority authority of the Supreme Court, an authority created by the Supreme Court of their own volition. If you have any doubts, see Marbury versus Madison. Then we get to step number six. States no longer exercise exclusively, quote, powers reserved to the states respectively, end quote, but instead defer to the federal government for their own authority, contrary to the Constitution. Therefore, states are no longer sovereign, but now operate as colonies of the federal kingdom. And then finally, number seven. After decades of errant education, unlimited and unfettered authority in the Supreme Court, created by the Supreme Court, We're now ruled by an oligarchy of nine kings and queens elected by no one. A, educated, quote-unquote, people end up calling Supreme Court opinions, quote, rulings, end quote. And B, educated, quote-unquote, people claim that the Supreme Court opinions are the, quote, law of the land, end quote. And that, my friends, is how free people become ruled by kings and queens. There it is, step by step, laid out for you, my friends, right there. Well, how does all this get started? From a May 8th, 2014, 
2018 article entitled Oligarchy of Thieves. We read the beginnings, my friends, saying our government has been infected by federal supremacists. They commonly assert that the Supreme Court has the power to ultimately interpret the Constitution through judicial review and therefore sovereignly determine the limits of the power delegated to the federal government. They sometimes assert that federal law itself is superior to the Constitution. In reality, the Supreme Court does not have the authority to limit or expand the power of government. Neither does Congress have the authority to pass a law that is contrary to the Constitution itself. To allow such action means that the Constitution has no meaning and the government has no limit. The power being wielded against the state and the people is stolen power. It is power neither authorized nor delegated. Dear friends, this is not what a constitutional republic looks like. This is a kingdom of stolen power, an oligarchy of thieves. Here are five simple facts that must be taught to our representatives so they can honor their oath to support and defend the Constitution rather than their politics of stolen power. Review these points and the words from our framers and ask yourself, how much simpler can it be? Fact number one. The Constitution is a compact, i.e. a contract, that must be legally interpreted using contract law. Contract law dictates that a contract is properly interpreted through the framers of the contract and their intent, i.e. the meeting of the minds. So, what do we have? Quote, the powers of the federal government as resulting from the compact to which the states are parties, as limited by the plain sense and intention of the instrument constituting that compact as no further valid than they are authorized by the grants enumerated in that compact, and that in case of a deliberate, palpable, and dangerous exercise of other powers not granted by the said compact, the states who are parties thereto have the right and are in duty bound to interpose, end quote. That was James Madison. Then we have, quote, the powers of the federal government as resulting from the compact to which the states are parties, end quote. In other words, what the federal powers are derived from the Constitution and the Constitution is a compact to which the states are parties. Hmm. Also James Madison. Fact number two. The federal government does not have the authority to determine the limits of federal power since it's not a party to the compact, but a creation of the compact. In other words, my friends, the creature does not control the creator. And the federal government is the creature. The Constitution is the creator. The Constitution controls the creature, not the other way around. What do we have? Another quote from James Madison. Quote, for the federal government to enlarge its powers by 
forced construction of the constitutional character which defines them so as to destroy the meaning and effect of the particular enumeration, the obvious tendency and inevitable result would be to transform the present Republican system of the United States into an absolute, or at best, a mixed monarchy, end quote. Stop for a second, my friends, and think about it. Isn't that what we're living under? Hmm. Fact number three. The Supreme Court is part of the federal government, not over it, and possesses no power greater than the executive or legislative branches. I'm not going to give the supporting, quote, to back that up, my friends, I don't have time. Instead, I'm going to move on to fact number four. To allow the federal government, i.e. the Supreme Court, to determine its own limits is contrary to the Constitution, to the principles of a republic, and to the limit and defined nature of our government. And again, I'm not going to give the supporting quotes to back that up because, well, it's obvious already, my friends. And finally, number five, the federal government cannot write laws that are contrary to the Constitution. And we have things like Alexander Hamilton, the supremacy law of the Constitution, and other things. And these, my friends, are the facts. And it's very difficult to accept the argument that we are simply subject to the federal government's will and whim. These facts need to be shared far and wide. Shouldn't we be able to rely on the words of the father of the Constitution? Instead of judges, attorneys, and politicians who have been taught that they are the supreme determiners of their own power? Hmm? Okay, real quick, because uh, I'm running out of time. There's a meme going around, and it looks like this. It's got Bernie's face on it, pointing in his angry finger way, and saying, Today the Walton family is now worth $150 billion. That's more wealth than the bottom 40% of Americans, end quote. Well, after a little research and math, I came up with some interesting numbers. You want to hear them? Yeah, you do. Since the opening day in 1962, Walmart has had about $8 trillion in sales. The Walton family worth is $150 billion. Their net worth, therefore, is only 1.8% of Walmart's all-time sales. The average combined sales tax rate, state and local, across America is about 6.44%. Now, fluctuation of tax rates aside, the numbers go to show that Walmart's existence is responsible for funding our state and local governments with $512 billion. Or, in other words, 341% of the Walton's family net worth. The Waltons are only making 36 cents every time you spend 20 bucks at Walmart. In the meantime, State and local governments are making an average of a buck twenty-nine every time you spend twenty bucks. So the bottom line, Walmart has done more good for the government in sales tax alone than it's done for the Walton family. Stick that in your pipe and smoke it, Bernie. Uh-huh. 
Do you feel the burn now? Huh? I doubt it, because logic and reason are a bit beyond Mr. Sanders. Um, Yes, but Walmart pays nothing. Everybody who shops at Walmart pays those taxes. Yes, that's true. We're all paying those taxes, but we're also paying for the health care, the, the food, housing, clothing, gasoline, um, education uh, of the employees that are there uh, through their wages and such. We're paying for maintenance of roads through the taxes that the company pays for building an operation. We're paying for uh, the property and tax the taxes that the corporation has to pay. Yes, this is all true. But the fact is, the Walton family compared to government, big difference. You're listening to the Constitutional Crusader Show on the American Voice Radio Network. Don't you go anywhere. We will be right back. vegetables from is dead, meaning it is depleted of minerals. Sulfur is a mineral. Sulfur has been depleted from the soil, which means most people have been depleted of sulfur. Sulfur has been found to transport oxygen throughout the body. You need oxygen. You need organic sulfur. American Voice Radio Network has organic sulfur. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com and then to the Superstore to order your organic sulfur. It's your choice. Do you want to feel better or not? Don't forget to tune in to the Sulfur Hour Plus One on AmericanVoiceRadio.com, Thursdays, 6 p.m. Pacific. Since the beginning of the United States, kings have sought it, nations have fought for it. It has been traded, borrowed, purchased, and stolen. There is a reason for it. To secure the blessings of liberty to ourselves and our posterity, invest with the security of gold and silver. Call Discount Gold and Silver Trading at 1-800-375-4188. That's 1-800-375-4188. Listen to Financial Survival with your host, Melody Cedarstrom, on American Voice Radio Network and Shortwave Radio. Visit DiscountGoldAndSilverTrading.net or call 1-800-375-4188. That's 1-800-375-4188. For the very best in gold and silver trading, call toll-free 1-800-375-4188. That's 1-800-375-4188. Call now. 
people realize their body needs clean water to function properly. Pure is the cleanest water, also known as distilled water. Some frauds pushing fake science and ignorant people repeating their disinformation and half-truths will tell you distilled water leaches minerals from the body. What they fail to tell you is distilled water only attracts and flushes inorganic minerals from your body. These are minerals your body cannot process and can interfere with your proper body functions. Distilled water does flush these inorganic materials from your body and is an effective and natural way to cleanse your body. ABR sells a distiller that distills one gallon every three and a half hours. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com, click on the Superstore, go to the distiller, check the pricing and how to order, and watch the video explaining in detail why distilled water is pure water. to the Constitutional Crusaders show on the American Voice Radio Network. I'm your host, Amroy Ben Shadler, Constitutional Counselor. We have 10 links of interest. Let's get through them really quick. Number 10, if you're a Trump hater, this is very good news for you. Gary Johnson, the last best hope for a never-Trump movement. Number 9, yes, it's old news, but it's still good. Obama's spokesperson forced to admit President lied. The video alone, my friends, is worth watching. Hey, sorry about that. I didn't have time to hit the the sneeze button and, and such. Oh, boy. Uh, hmm. uh, anyway. Oh, okay. A shorter one would be good. Yeah, 15 seconds. Yeah, that'd be pretty good. Anyway, he knows what I'm talking about. Number eight. Um, karma, karma, cop who filmed his raping of women and children while on duty is found uh, killed in his cell and they're saying it was suicide. Right. Hmm. Number seven, uh, America's sixth president perfectly explains Islam in one sentence and Obama should listen. Well, he should, but he won't. Number six, if this surprises you, then you've not been paying attention. Muslim organization with terrorist ties wants to prohibit police protecting planned RNC riots in Cleveland. Yep. And number five, we have here, CARE attacks Ted Cruz and his, quote-unquote, infamous Islamophobes, end quote, on security team. Well, I will remind you, there is no such term as Islamophobe. It is a made-up term to shut down discussion on anyone exposing Islam for what it is. So next time someone uses the term Islamophobe on you, just explain that. Oh, you like to use made-up words. Well, here's a made-up word, goin. And then when they ask you what that means, this means goin <clears throat> yourself. There you go. There's a made-up term, but I digress. Number four, uh, the best anti-illegal immigration fact ever seen. And you're going to be surprised when you find out what it is. 
And then number three, uh, Soros board member chair firm running online balloting for that for the Utah caucuses. And if this surprises anyone, well, I'd like to sell them some cheap beachfront property in North Dakota. Cheap, I'm telling you, really, seriously. Number two, this is not the first time CNN's been caught doing this. CNN airs CCTV footage from 2011, then claims it was that Brussels attack, uh, the Tuesday Brussels attack. Yeah, not the first time. And finally, number one, immediately after hearing about Brussels attack, Trump had a chilling reaction, and you've just got to read it to understand what he's saying, my friends. Oh, my goodness. Okay, critical thinking segment. First part. We have a meme that shows a fence with a big hole in it, and it says, So, if an illegal is allowed to stay because they've stayed hidden for a while, and then the next picture shows a guy with a mask over his head who's jimmying a lock on a car, and it says, Is it okay to keep a stolen car because you've kept it hidden for a while? There's your critical thinking segment, my friends. Okay, it's now time for the Roy's School of Guerrilla Lawfare. That's learn and win through a better education. We turn off the phones. We turn off the instant messages. We turn all that stuff off because you had 90 minutes uh, in the first part of the show to call in or send messages. And, well, you didn't take advantage of it. So this is the time for me to... Well, in essence, I will admit it, step up on a soapbox and bring you something of real great importance, a single, 90% or more of the time, a single subject or a related subjects and show you how they're related and why they are important to you. Today, Speaking of Brussels and other terrorists, like in Arizona blocking highways, I'd like to read to you a better approach to terrorism. Now, I don't agree with everything this guy has to say. He does bring up some interesting points, points that even had me going, hmm, and makes me think, you know, a little bit, hmm, and changed my paradigms a little bit, hmm. He writes, Mark Jeff Deist writes, people of goodwill naturally attempt to make sense of terrible events like the bombings in Brussels to help themselves address the psychological discomfort that occurs when seemingly incomprehensible violence occurs. We have a hard time processing a world where random bombs go off and kill peaceful travelers in airports or subway stations because it threatens our equilibrium and sense of personal well-being. This discomfort has intensified in our our era of 24-hour global news, whereas just a few generations ago, our ancestors simply didn't know about all the trouble to the greater world. 
The world seems more dangerous today, regardless of whether it actually is more dangerous. Just as politicians and media attempt to create a narrative that explains and influences events, individuals reflexively apply their personal narrative to the world around them. It's human nature to want reality to comport with our personal worldview or ideology. Needless to say, the news channels today are full of ideological perspectives regarding what should be done. Western conservatives generally advocate a more rigorous prosecution of the quote-unquote war on terror as the solution to Muslim terrorism, accompanied by the dilution of civil liberties as needed to assist in that prosecution. Western progressives generally advocate humanitarian aid, open borders, and greater assimilation of Muslims by making countries more tolerant and multicultural, i.e. the same welfare, education, housing arguments they make to address homegrown criminality. Both these approaches reflect certain inherent biases, which are fundamentally incorrect, to put it mildly. Libertarians also stand accused of trying to fit real-world events into their ideology rather than the other way around. In fact, libertarians are perceived as particularly dogmatic in their anti-state bias, especially regarding so-called public goods. The argument seems reasonable enough, at least on its face, that is, terrorism and the specter of groups like ISIS demonstrate the need for coordinated action by governments. But if market failure is the justification for state-provided public goods like security at airports... What is the argument when such state services utterly and predictably fail to protect anyone? Hmm? Do economists then clamor about bureaucratic failure and propose privatization to break up the state's unnatural monopoly on police and intelligence services? Hmm? On the contrary, nobody blames government agencies or government police when terrorist acts are not thwarted. If anything, state actors are rewarded with increased budgets, personnel, and powers when horrific things happen on their watch. After the 9-11-2001 attacks in New York, for example... Whole new federal agencies and departments were created. Federal intelligence agencies were vastly expanded. State and local police went on buying sprees for new militarized equipment. The point here is not to blame anyone 
other than the actual malefactors involved in Brussels. Islamic terrorism is a very real problem, but so is American and European foreign policy. The point is that conservatives think liberal policies, i.e. soft on crime and foreign policy, lead to terrorism, while the left thinks conservative policies, i.e. cultural intolerance and aggression, lead to terrorism. But there is one policy that all governments everywhere share the policy of not allowing markets, including markets for security, to operate freely. If allowing markets to operate represents an ideology to most people, so be it. I would argue that markets represent a lack of ideology. More importantly, Markets provide far and away the most practical approaches to difficult problems like terrorism. It is conservatives and progressives, in fact, who are the dreamers. No matter how many times governments fail to prevent terrorism, the same tired policies are revamped and the same tired state apparatus are, quote-unquote, reformed. A more libertarian approach requires no great change of public opinion or politics, just a willingness to begin privatizing security at a few airports, train stations, and the like. Now, I'm going to break away for a moment and give a real-world working example. El, uh, El Al, or the, the Israeli airline, um, uh, Air Israel, whatever their name is, the state airline of Israel, have you noticed that since the hijacking to Entebbe and its uh, results, have you noticed that there's never been a hijacking of Israel's state-owned and operated airline? Why, you may ask, if you're thinking about it? Because Israel insists that they do their own screening of every single passenger, and they have rejected, and some of them have ended up being prosecuted, uh, people who wanted to do really ugly, nasty things to uh, the Israeli airlines' uh, planes. Now, does this mean that uh, it's easy to walk on to an Air Israel airline? Hell no, my friends. It's not. And but the thing is, is that once you've made it past their screening, well, the facts speak for themselves, my friends. Well, crime and violence, they exist in every society. Doesn't matter, liberal, conservative, socialist, communist, open or free, open and free, or total 
total statism. It doesn't matter. They exist in every society. The goal is to minimize crime and violence with the frameworks of available resources and at a reasonable overall cost, economic and otherwise. Governments are uniquely ill-suited to provide competent security services or prevent terrorist attacks for the same reasons they are ill-suited to provide housing, food, or medical care. They cannot rationally calculate costs versus benefits. They are also hopelessly bureaucratic and completely political in everything they do. They are process-oriented rather than result-oriented. Of course, now I can hear some people out there screaming, but you just talked about Air Israel, and that's government-run. The difference, my friends, is that the security for Air Israel is results-oriented rather than process-oriented. They're following the free market paradigm, and that's the difference, why they are so effective. So, only private actors with their own money at risk can provide the quote-unquote appropriate, i.e. market level of security in any given environment. Only private property can be properly protected, surveilled, and insured by self-interested owners. Only private actors worry about bottom-line market share and business reputation. Only private actors, including airlines, are fully subject to an imperfect but extant system of tort liability. Only an insurance model where private actors directly bear the cost of their action or inaction can provide the proper incentives and align the interests of security providers with those being protected. In short, only private actors have all the right incentives to keep people safe. Free markets aren't perfect because they merely reflect the imperfect actions of human beings. Free markets can't create utopia or a free wor world free of risks and violence, but airport and transportation security can be vastly improved with a better bottom line, that is, more people making it home safely. When we offer an alternative to grossly incompetent and scleric state bureaucracies in providing security to high crime areas, conditions improve. And that's the real goal of libertarian, quote-unquote, ideology. A better world, not a perfect one. And there lies the rub, my friends. So many people, I, I'm open and admitted libertarian, and I've had so many people scream at me that, oh, you just want a perfect world to live in. 
I realize there is no such thing as a perfect world, my friends. And there's no way to impose a perfect world because the very fact of trying to impose a perfect world is a form of control. No, I subscribe to that ideology of a better world, not a perfect one. A better world where you have the chance to exercise your own liberty over yourself. Where you are the owner of you. Where you are the one who decides where you want to go to school, where you want, what you want your children to be learning, where you want to live, uh, you know, exercising your own private property rights, get the government out of your back pocket and out of your bedroom both, my friends. Yes, it, it's, a, it's a system that infuriates a lot of people from different incentives, but I ask the people that are infuriated, would you rather live in what you're living in now with its debauchery and its, um, its state control? Or would you rather live in a system where you can band together and associate with like-minded people and build your own community of your own like-minded ideals? Because you certainly are not allowed to do that today if your ideals perchance clash with those that are, shall we say, the powers that be. Hmm? Just some ideas, my friends. They're, they're powerful ideas. But the problem with powerful ideas is that the ones speaking them, the ones espousing them, we're the ones that get hammered all the time. I know been there, done that, got the orange jumpsuit. Hello, I understand very, very well what it's like to be in that position. Did I enjoy it? Heck no. Uh, but did I learn from it? You better believe it. I learned even more about how the state is the all-powerful um malignant cancer on society. And that's what it is. So the choice is yours, my friends. Is the Libertarian Party perfect? Heck no. But is the is the bipartisan party, as I like to call them, the go-along-to-get-along party, which is comprised of the left-wing, right-wing, same bird. Um, and it's not an eagle. Trust me, it's not an eagle anymore. Is that perfect? Is that providing you with the solutions that you need? Hmm? Just something to think about, my friends. And... While you're thinking about it, ask these people running for office, why don't you change your language a little bit? When you start talking about foreign wars and foreign 
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.